welcome oh, woo, shut up to already. the Three Dudes Podcast. <laughs> the only, the only podcast made with Havarti cheese. <laughs> Maybe just the only podcast. Have we looked outside for a while? No. Yeah, <laughs> it's look out that, look yeah. out that As you brought up before, it's winter time, and I don't look outside in the winter. Yes. <laughs> in this dystopian wasteland. <laughs> land, land, there land. is only one podcast. Cast, cast, cast. Cast. <laughs> it is the Three Dudes Podcast. Something. Something. Program. I... I'm your host this week. My mm. name is Chris, as you, most of you, I'm guessing, know. But if they didn't know Chris, what name might they know you by? Uh, they might know me by Chris Christopher. They might know me by my last name, which is Brady. Mm, they might that know, guy. They might know me by my nickname, which is Ham Cakes, or the variations that go along with it. Right. Ham, Hammy, Hammy Cakes, Ham Caucus. Ham. Ham Diddle Diddle. Slam. Slam, which is my real name. And Drog, <laughs> and drug, which is your real name. <laughs> My actual name. Yes. I would um, love to change my name to drug. That's oh, a cool name, dude. Get rid of all Drug find fire. It, it means drugs in South America. I know that. Droga. Drog? Yeah, I Droga. know that. Years ago, I found like a poster. It was like a woman like crying in her hands. Like, <laughs> you want to like, buy some drug from I. Right. It's like a woman like sadly I-D-I-D. crying with her hands over her eyes and underneath it said, stop drug. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember being like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. What have I done to contribute to this woman's misery? That's really funny. Yeah, stop drug is a thing. It's like, I mean, stop drug. Stop drug. And meanwhile, me. <laughs> you need to like superimpose like a, a like a 50% opacity image of yourself. Yeah, just like, doing like, the puppet yeah, master right. thing over top like, of it. Looking like Palpatine with like a hood and sparks and shit. Yeah. Um, stop drug. Stop drug. Uh, well, we are here. If and you roll. were if you were listening for the first time, which I doubt that you are, but if you are listening for the <laughs> first you time, are weird. <laughs> if you are, what are you doing? Why? How did you get here? <laughs> um, uh, What's we, wrong with you? We meet on a weekly or some most often biweekly basis to discuss current topics of the day, and then topics that we decide are important mm-hmm. or fun. Uh, and, uh, we have fun and we drink beer and we sometimes smoke cigars, but mostly we drink beer and <laughs> fart and burp. Uh, and that Lots is, <laughs> that is the three dude cast in a nutshell. That is the three um, dudes bravas. I am particularly section two. <laughs> yes. Uh, I am particularly excited about this episode because this episode, we will debut a new game on my It's part. not as bad as it gets. It's <laughs> not as bad as it gets. We're done with as bad as it gets. That was a great game. It was not a great game. It was game. the best. It was, it was probably the best game. It was. It was. It was a game that was the weakest of the three games. Maybe not bad, but uh, something that I was really continuously frustrated with. So I decided, rather than trying to toy around with it and uh, improve it, I would come up with a new game. I'm just now reza- realizing exactly how much you actually hated I that game. Hate I'm. I'm. Ex- <laughs> I'm excited for you to debut a game that you're happy with. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Is because I realized I was. I was probably pissing both of you off by being like, "Oh, it's as bad as it gets because it's as bad as the here show." Comes, here comes the stupid, the stupid, fucking- stupid bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah, self, I was self-deprecation mad. gets a little old after a while. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, especially when I'm the only one who's like really like not enjoying it, and it's my thing. So rather than trying. It. I just started from scratch, and I have something that I'm very happy with, and I think you will be too. It's called smoking and, and drinking, drinking. Uh, <laughs> um, immolating and imbibing, <laughs> sparking and sipping. 
<laughs> so we will debut that after the first break. Okay. But we're not there yet. Where we are at right now is at the onset of the podcast. <clears throat> we like to do a little thing at the beginning of the podcast that we call why Circle Jerk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong podcast. Right. Uh, we like to call Why We're Fucked. Oh. So, gentlemen, uh-huh. I pose this question to the group. Why are we fucked? Dave, let's start with Ben. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> we're, we're fucked. Nicely done. Thank you. We're fucked because I was thinking about um, uh, Rocky Ridge over Mill Creek. Right. Somewhere the, down in the mining hills of Dakota, you know, there lived a young boy the, named Rocky Ridge. Okay. <laughs> the, you know, the short holes. Yes. Oh, the golf is Rocky, that what that is? Yeah. yeah the, Rocky the, okay. the sled hill. Right. All that. You know, uh, people that do like uh, par three courses in other parts of this state think short holes is a really weird term. Really? Yeah. So I got a friend that used to like golf somewhat like not like uh, professionally, but competitively from high school on out. But those are those are even like par two holes. Some of those. Yeah. But even the idea of like I said, we have a short holes course and she was someone who was pretty well versed in like golf stuff. And she said, you have a what? (laughs) I said, you know, it's the short holes. It's like, you know, par two, par three and, you know, whatever. And she's like. Short holes? Like the phrase had not occurred to her ever. <laughs> kind of like how people in this area refer to shopping carts as buggies. Yeah, right. Stuff like that. Yeah. Like, that's a regionalism that yeah. does not translate. There's a couple of them. Like um, the, the devil strip. Have you ever heard the devil strip? Yeah, the yeah. yeah, right. In between the road and the sidewalk. Yeah. The I, um the uh potato wedges, we call them JoJo's. JoJo's. Yeah, not, JoJo's. Every, not everyone does. Right. JoJo. Um <laughs> JoJo. So, so the um uh, the reason right. we're fucked though is because in that area, there used to be a skating rink and it's not there anymore. Yes. Wait, I thought they brought it back though. Did the they? Pe- the Pens brought it back. The Pittsburgh Penguins. So that skating rink that you're thinking of up there by the par three course. Yeah, it's back. Went down, and then a couple of years ago. I didn't know that. Literally, the Pittsburgh Penguins brought it back in the I- last like three years or so. Oh, yeah. Right. So that's. Maybe we're not so fucked because we're not so fucked. That's pet, awesome. They, I love that place. Not only did they bring it back, but like they coordinated like, you know, activities yeah. on the ice, training, oh. stuff like that for young kids. I learned how to fall on my ass on that ice. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to fall out on my ass many places before that, but I get your meaning. I yeah. learned I learned how great a fucking warm hot dog is. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Hot chocolate. In, in the middle yeah, the of the winter chocolate. time. I used to sit there. I remember going to that, falling all over the place, getting up and going outside, getting a hot chocolate, sitting on those little bleacher seats yeah. outside of the concession uh-huh. stand. Hell yeah. Well, and I was shout really- out to the penguins. For- yeah. The I Pittsburgh hope- Penguins. I hope it's still open. Sorry, we we like derailed your yes. why we're fucked, but I, I was just saying well, I no, thought it's great. I'm not fucked anymore. Yeah. No, I was just thinking about it because um The unfucking. <laughs> I was just thinking about it because Aubrey and I were out um where the hell were we? We were out getting sushi. Oh, really? And stepping out of the car, there was we smelled a nice wood fire, mm-hmm. and I just it made me think of you know at the top of uh, at the top of the sled hill they'd always have that barrel with you know yeah. a wood fire in it, and That's you know right. people would sit around there and warm up. That's right. Um, which in turn made me think of the skating rink, and I was like, oh, you ever been to that place? And, oh no, we were going bowling, and uh, and. Aubrey was like, yeah, and, you know, we just, you know, we missed that place. Of all crazy things, the Pens were actually in town when they, like, opened that. Oh, fuck. Yeah, like, (laughs) like, like fucking Sidney Crosby or whatever is, like, in town being, like, uh, reopening the skating rink. And how exciting (laughs) is that? 
That's well, awesome. Two or three years ago. Well, don't know when. Well, shit. Okay. Well, next. Well, winter's not over yet. Right. Maybe I'll I'll see if they got, if they got any size 15s. I feel yeah, like dude, when I we can... last talked about this, the idea was let's fucking get a adult team together. Yeah, and play. Like, You're right. Yeah. yeah. Let's spend a couple hundred dollars and get a bunch of gear. I'm the kind of person who would do that. So, like, <laughs> I will absolutely go get a hockey stick. I'm too skates. fat, but if you do it, I'll do it. Yeah. No, I'm too fat, too. But I just, <laughs> it's, how much fun would it be to, like. Oh, yeah. Pummel you know. each other with pucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, shit. Um, I guess. Sorry. I, I guess I'm not really that fucked for any reason well, that I, I care to discuss. Then. Well, that's good then. You're <laughs> unfucked. You're unfucked. I'm unfucked. That's great news. Dave, yeah. uh, uh, I'm going to tell you Morty. why I'm fucked. Is that okay with you? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. So I am fucked. <laughs> Uh, because I have a spending problem, and that problem same, is that I'm an impulse same, buyer. Same. Uh, we, my wife, uh, I, I said it's super ironic because my uh, I uh, with my cell phone, I'll punch it, I'll throw it at things, I'll throw it across the room. Oh, indestructible. My. Uh, my wife uh, will right. accidentally knock it off the bathroom counter, drop it on the floor, and completely brick her phone. Um, <laughs> Wait, so, so you mean to say that try as you may to destroy your phone? I've like snapped it over my <laughs> knee, bent the screen where it was like warped. Right. Can't break it. Cannot but, damage it. But like, meanwhile, your wife will, oh, oopsie daisy, and the phone's dead. Completely dead. It was, wow. it was flashing strobe lights at her. Oh my well, God. So she had to like, which fortunately for her, she had just recently this last month paid that phone off on the lease but now isn't that how it works yeah now it's time for her to go she had to go pick out another one and i'm fucked because when she showed up to work to pick out another phone uh and my wife knows me very well obviously so she sat down with uh, one of the guys in the phone department antonio and was like antonio antonio Antonio, the highly alluring impossible to resist phone yeah right antonio who is white i might point out (laughs) no that that, doesn't matter matter. right let's just imagine antonio just it doesn't matter what race he is but just sit down at the counter and he says hello I am here to upgrade your mobile data. I'm aware you need a new phone. (laughs) Does your your phone's processor ever get too hot? Sometimes it's not so good for your phone to get too hot. Let me take your phone in my hand and take your hand in my hand. (laughs) Let me show you the strokes you can employ. (laughs) Many gestures you can use with your phone to do things with your fingers. Your delicate, supple fingers. What do you need? To manipulate your (laughs) To scroll, I can show you how to scroll. The thing is, he's going to listen to this. Um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, no, so she went to upgrade her phone, and she's sitting there with Antonio, and he's like, hey, are we upgrading Chris's phone, too? And she's like, well, he still owes money on his phone, but if you go over there and ask him, I'm sure he'll upgrade it. Uh, and she was right. So Right, of course. Because of course. Of course. So they, I went over there, and he's Who like, resist? do you want to upgrade your phone, too? And I'm like, oh, well, I still owe money on it. But And he's like, well, we're, they're doing this deal right now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck it. Go ahead. So I just, <laughs> I like literally threw my phone and my wallet at my wife, and I'm like, just do whatever you got to do to make it okay, happen. So you so, owed X dollars on your phone. 150 and then huh. in when you roll it over, what happens to that one fifty? They just you like, pay you have to pay it off before you're allowed to upgrade. Is the way that works. Okay, so you got to pay one hundred and fifty, right? Hundred and the tax is already taken care of, so it's just right. one forty nine ninety nine. And you're on what provider? Uh, AT and T. Okay, so they have like a upgrade program of, of something. Well, like, that's right? how that's how phone leases work now. So every ma- every right. major 
uh, provider will work this way unless you outright buy the phone first. So last time I bought a phone mm-hmm. was like four years ago, and it was just as they were starting to do this the shit. The leasing thing, yeah. Yeah, and I I haven't paid attention. So to basically this. the idea is they lump that leasing, the monthly leasing payment in with your phone bill. Like you're leasing it from the company because sure. they you know, provide the phone to you. Mm-hmm. So that just goes on your bottom line and for the for the phone bill mm-hmm. uh, and then depending on what the sale prices are or what you can do like it ends up being somewhere typically between twenty dollars and like thirty five dollars extra a month depending on the phone and what the sales look like okay. um, so they had a program where if I send this phone my old phone back to AT&T they'll give me they're promising three hundred dollars in bill credits mm-hmm. on top of the three hundred dollar sale that was already on this phone So instead of paying what I was paying for my last lease, which was like an extra $25 a month, Mm -hmm. I'll be paying an extra like $16 a month for this phone. Okay. So my phone bill monthly is still going to end up being cheaper once I send them the old phone back. So you have to pay the $150. Yeah. And then. And then you send them your phone too. You send them the old phone. And then what you get is a new phone and a lower monthly lease Correct, on top of the sale, right. But the the idea is you never really own the phone, right? Not until you pay it all the way off. But you don't even really get that because you paid 150 to pay off the phone. The old phone. You still had to send them the phone. Correct. But that's that, that's part of it is it's yours now, but you're selling it back to them for. So I paid, 100, oh, right, right. I paid $150 to sell them the phone for $300. That makes sense now. So, yeah. So it ends up being a good deal. But the problem with that is I just got paid and now my bank account is empty because it's not just the new phone that you have to pay for it. You, well, you, you, you know, I'm leasing the cost of the phone, but I have right. to pay the cost of the tax. I bought the protection plan on there for right. this very reason, because my wife had a phone with a protection plan that, you know, she had to turn in now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, if something happens, I want to know that I'm going to get a brand new phone if, like, my screen cracks because I'm fucking right. rough on my phone. Right. Um, I had to buy a new case for this phone because my old case doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I bought the screen protector for the first time in, like, five years because the new ones actually don't look like there's anything on the phone. Um, Okay. So it's all this shit that just adds up. What do you estimate you paid? Total with the case and everything? Like like outside of what you would have already paid if you just kept the phone you had, Mm -hmm. what do you estimate you paid to get this new phone? Uh, 400? uh, Less than that. It was probably closer to about 300. I think it ended up being about $300, right? Which, uh, you know, you don't think about as it's happening, but that cleared my bank account Mm because I had other bills that came out this month. That shit fucking adds up fast. Adds up super fast, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm really happy I got the new phone, which I like, okay. It's a really good looking phone. um, (laughs) Yeah. But now it's, you know, it's cleared my bank account out and I'm fucked for the next, like, nine or ten days. So that's why you're fucked? I'm fucked because I have an impulse buying problem because I, I now I have to wait ten days without getting with with like thirty dollars in my bank account and I have to stretch that. Ten days? Yeah. <sighs> Fuck that sucks. So now it's like we're gonna be just we're gonna be wearing through the stock of food that's at the <laughs> apartment right now because she's right. broke too. Right. And so then, my, my average is like basically every two weeks, yeah, five whole days I spend being broke as fuck. Right. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. Yeah, and that's just you know symptom of you know number one being poor, and then mm-hmm. number two like fucking like spending on spending shit impulse shit. I didn't need to spend it. I could have I could have waited with but the old they, phone. The thing is, they know what they're doing to you. Absolutely, because, because they don't make that. If they if they told you up front. Hey, by the way, this is a $300 commitment you're making right now. But the thing is, I would have at least thought twice. I work in that building and I I knew that on some level that yeah, it was but did, you, but did you really have the full accounting? You know, I I, I had the full accounting, 
I didn't think about it. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, you, Fair enough. Because it's something glitzy and it's something that I've been thinking about for a while anyway. Right. Which is smart business. On and after payday, it won't matter anymore. It won't matter anymore. <laughs> right. But, no but, longer but, be hurt. And the thing it. is, this is not the first time that I've done this to myself. And it's it's we're going to get through it. It's not like this is going to financially ruin my, my wife and myself. But now oh. we're both broke, at least until she gets paid. But our rent has to come out of her next pay which is like this Friday. So she's got to set a certain amount of money aside for that, which yeah. means she's already going to have part of that check taken out. Right. And it's like, you know, I'm just I'm a little frustrated that I didn't have the foresight at the time to think to maybe wait until mm. my next paycheck to do that. So I'm fucked because uh, I'm poor. This <laughs> is basically what that boils down to. Right. I'm poor and I have a yes. glitzy taste. Um, I just realized my notebook is concealing something horrible. Uh-oh. I don't know where this came from, but I flipped to the next page, and there's just this wiener <laughs> and, like, a really a- detailed wiener. And I don't know. Is this you? This looks like your drawing. That, that is absolutely not what mine. What the fuck that's am not I mine. looking at? <laughs> I don't draw wieners that way. Who drew that wiener? It says, no. windows and TV like to open, cut out opening. I can draw a better wiener than that. Like It looks like a fucking mushroom, like a fucking Matsutake mushroom. Who did you have on I the on Goose Chase I that would have know. drawn that wiener? I don't think it was Goose was Chase. Was Drew or Scott over here? <laughs> the thing is, Drew and Scott have both been here, but I'm not, I have no like, indication that this is their artwork. The head of that penis look, just looks like a fucking lampshade. It does. It's very. It's like I can draw a better cock than that. That's a yeah. very pronounced penis. You head. have drawn better cock. Look I how have. skinny that dick gets it's towards like, the head. It's like really Often skinny on, on the uh, shaft, but jack box. It's got a big fat bell pepper head on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so weird. Um, Is that why you're e- fucked? <laughs> exposition peppering a big A. It says bringing chaplain. What the fuck does this mean? <laughs> The shit shit I find in my notebooks. Like, (laughs) I don't know where this came from. It's beautiful, obviously, and I'm going to keep it. Frame it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to frame it, obviously. Frame it right up there with Dean Martin's bootlegs. (laughs) (laughs) Dean Martin's bootlegs and the the potato body. Yeah, right? (laughs) The potato guy with a dangling weenus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the one where, uh, because... it makes evolutionary sense for the brain to be located in yeah. the gravitational center of the body. The potato certain. guy with the dangling weedus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I have this what the very fuck? recently in this notebook. Maybe not. This goes back to season the, two. The dumb sh- Yeah, I said that's back there. What the fuck? Where is my regular notebook? Oh, my God. Back. That's it, all right. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Dave, why are you fucked? <laughs> um, okay, so this is, a, a, this is probably like... We've never talked about this, but I think this is the number one thing ruining my life (laughs) in that it happens all day long, every day, and there's no end to it. The dog. Not the dog. He's terrible, but (laughs) not him. Uh, when, when, When was the first time you saw a USB plug? The first time? Yeah. Square USB plug, the regular old USB plug. When was the first time you saw one? 1998. Yeah, yeah. When we like, or like, <laughs> I don't fucking know. And recognized what it was, like the the. Um, yeah, I mean, mine was around then, but I don't really know exactly mm-hmm. when. But I'll say probably in the very late nineties. Yeah, it is now, two thousand and twenty, mm-hmm. over twenty years later. Why do I still have to go to plug it in and then fuck fucking and then flip turn it, it upside down and then try to and then fuck that's yeah. still There's not right. gotta be an and easier go way to the first there, orientation. There, there is an easier way, it's called USB C. Yes, but yes, but output uh cable 
the other ends of cables are everything's not USB C standard yet. Correct. Yeah. No, I will say my new phone is USB C standard, sure. and that's and, and that's awesome. Isn't it and so is my phone. But I will tell you this again: but, if I got, you want I to got, plug it into I, your computer, yeah. You might have a USB port, a I USB have a, C port. I have an adapter now. Many people have one USB C port tops, yeah. but they have six or eight USB A plugs mm-hmm. that are still on that fucking machine in 2020. <laughs> They're still selling the fucking USB A plug, which is the it's the beginning of nightmares for me. It's like it's like every single time I have to plug anything in, I have to do one, two, three. Yep. yep nope, nope. 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 Yep. They have to the turn pain. the fucking thing over. Well, and the thing is now that they've done uh, 3.1, USB-A 3.1, which is the faster data transfer. Okay. Which is how you can run things like an Oculus through USB-A because sure. they have to make it faster. Right. Like a single as, plug is as fast like as USB-C, basically, uh-huh. right. for data transfer. Right. And that was their solution is to just make the cable out of better stuff and make yeah. it faster. Sure. But, um, but it's still a USB-A plug. Which it means it's frustrating. They it's can't still stamp like an up symbol on the top. Of it to make it easy. Why? How is fucking not, hard is it to give do me that? a little well, triangle? Because not every port is oriented the same way either. That's sure, true. But you know what? <laughs> oh god, you're right. <laughs> you're right. But like, at least like, why is there not like, why is there not some standard for? Here's where the fat end of the USB cable is. Here's where the thin end is. Yep. Here's where we put a triangle to denote the fat end, and you just orient it with the other fat yep. end. I'll give you another good example. Every every place that you go where they have those chip card readers now, <laughs> yes. there's a different button at every place you go where yes. it's like if you want to ring it up as credit, it's either red, yellow, or green. The whole you thing know what? is totally different. Monopolize it. You know yes. what? You know what? I notice. I notice more and more places just have that you press green. More. Right, like for credit. Yeah, I'm noticing more and more. Right. See, but now a lot of it's okay. So, like at our store, it's red for credit. A lot of places are green, and then if you go to the Sparkle right next to our apartment, it's yellow. It's yellow. What oh, the that fuck? Blows my mind. Yeah, I've been to that Sparkle recently, mm-hmm. and I had to be like, "Help me! What am I doing?" They have signs on idiot. all the things, though. Uh, yeah, they but, do now, right? But the thing is, they, they have we don't for, like, look for those five signs. years. I do. I do now because I watch enough people at my job fucking struggle to find it, <laughs> where it's like. The, the problem that I'm hinting at is interoperability is a huge fucking problem. Yes. Uh-huh. Maybe it's not just USB. Uh. It's a lot of things. It's like we go from place to place and, you know, we have to relearn everything everywhere we go because there's no standard for half of these things. Yeah. And it gives me a small migraine. I agree. Yeah. Especially <laughs> with regards to USB. Because, like, I, like, it's dark and I'm trying to plug my fucking phone in. Yeah. And I go, nope. You know what's nope. You know what's even nope. You know what's even worse is the fact that USB B, that like more square shaped one. Yes. Yeah. That, you know, you used for to printers. Pl- yeah, printers, old it digital had, cameras. It had little notches. It had notches on the top, so they had the foresight. Yes, they knew to make the other end of the fucking thing notch. R slash. They knew not USB A. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> now the thing is, if USB C, which is pretty great, yeah. if it takes off. Maybe we'll be over this oh, in like five years. It's taken off. It's, I mean, it's, it's on a lot of phones, but the but the thing is, still all the chargers and shit. Mm, not the new ones. Maybe M- not. Mine is both USB C and also Ooh. new laptops that aren't wide enough to fit like a disk drive. They yeah. have to be on USB C. So a lot of those ah. now, but you have to buy a fucking adapter now for some of those old things. <laughs> that drives me insane. Yeah, it's the same as when <laughs> Apple got rid of the. Uh, what did they get rid of the uh, Thunderbolt? Yeah, maybe that was it. The Thunderbolt cable? Or, or no, uh, 
No. No, no, no. They got rid of regular USB ports and they had to replace those with an adapter dongle right. to connect regular USB That's ports. Right. To That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's fucking frustrating. It's a never-ending grind, dude. It's uh, never-ending. So the bottom line is I'm tired of plugging shit in, and it makes I me agree. mad, and I'm old and cranky <laughs> about it, and God no. damn it, just make it right. Yeah. Fix this. The thing is, I, I understand that because I'm one of those people who gets frustrated over the little stuff. Uh, yeah. I can handle big chaos in my life yeah. fine and breeze through it and just do what I need to do to handle the situation. Right. If it's something little, if I stub my toe... Walking out into the living room in the morning, I'm fucking, I'm done. My day oh my is God. ruined. If you hit I'll that pinky toe on anything, I'll throw stuff across the living room. I, I have fortunately not punched holes in my apartment wall. Over, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you were you were here when I when I did exactly that. I stuck yeah, my right. pinky toe and put a hole in the I've wall. I've done that. The, the thing is, like, was, were you here with it? I was here. Yeah, I was <laughs> here. This is when you were out of town. Yeah, right. I, just got, over. I just got the text. I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I hit my pinky toe on the corner, go to the bathroom, and I put that hole in the wall. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I was trying so hard to call, to like to call me down because I understand that because I've done that. That's a bad feeling. Many, many, <laughs> many times in my life, I've, yeah. I've done that. I've like, I've. How many controllers have I smashed in my life? I, that, I think, right. you know, I think I I, I understand I, that. I seem to remember calming down pretty quick once I saw that I had done that. I was like, oh, uh, what have I done? Yeah. For a long time. We I just, understand that feeling really well. My so. favorite part of that was that for a really long time, we just had a picture of John Cena's face. <laughs> you you yeah, put cover. that there as Did well. <laughs> yeah. I just remember, like, there was a picture of John Cena's face covering the hole in the wall yeah. for, like, a really yeah. long time. <laughs> that's a thing that's hard to be mad about because, like, I, yeah, I think just, all yeah. of us understand that. Oh, how many times I have hit something in anger. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, it just doesn't usually give. Oh, but yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I right. felt I felt terrible about it because I've never I've never put a hole in a wall before. Mm. <laughs> the hardest I ever hit something was I, I destroyed. I, like, literally destroyed my dresser in my old bedroom. Oh, really? And the hardest I ever hit it is one time I, I hit it hard enough, like the solid drawer part of the dresser, that it left a solid indentation in the dresser. And then the drawer part just fell off. <laughs> like the front part of it, like the drawer stayed in, but the front plate, I smacked it, it cracked and dented, and then the front plate just went, nope, and fell. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, You must have broken it in at least two places. Yeah, like I just fucking walloped it, and it was over something dumb. Like I was playing a video game, and I fucked up somehow, and I was like, son of a... Really bad foresight on my part to put that dresser right next to where I sat when I played video games because it was yeah. the nearest hard thing that I could punch. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, stupid. I gotta tell you, boys, yeah. I think this is a really good time to take a break. Yeah, I Derek. think I agree. Yeah. We're just about 27 minutes flat. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, that, yeah yes. That was fast. Okay, yeah, let's take a break and then we'll be back with the new game. I'm really excited. Yeah, to that, that game is, of course, I'm excited called that you're excited. Smoking, Smoking and Drink. Oh, God, I've got you guys into it now. Boofing <laughs> and spoofing. Boofing, spoofing. Puffing and fluffing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Yep. Welcome to the Three Dude Podcast. Hey, yeah. Ah. Uh, you can find us at threedudecast.com. If you're wondering whether that's spelled with the numeral three or the word three, the answer is yes. We're so proud of ourselves. We're so clever. We're such clever boys. Wow. <laughs> we switched hosting to Podbean. You can still find us on iTunes and Google Play. Mm -hmm. So give us a like. Yeah, give us a like. Give us a listen. Give us a review somewhere. Give, give us a sandwich. Give us a high five. Give us sponsorship. Please give us a hug. Give us that money. And we are back. Uh, yeah, well, 
So as previously mentioned, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, uh, I said that I was going to uh, debut a brand new game this episode. Fuck yeah. Since I was very frustrated with my old game and it was starting to show through on the podcast. What? You mean as good as it gets? As, as good as it gets. Uh, starting as bad. Greg Kinnear and Jack Nicholson. <laughs> no, I mean as bad <laughs> as it gets, I should say. What if this is as good as it gets? <laughs> I love that movie, actually. That's one of my favorite chick flicks. That's a, oh, yeah? That's a great chick I flick. I never saw that movie. Never seen it. Early recommendation. If you ever get the chance, watch a great chick flick called As Good As It Gets, starring right. Greg Kinnear, Helen Hunt, and Jack Nicholson. Watch everything with Jack Nicholson in it. Yeah, Nicholson is incredible yeah. in this movie. Yeah. I don't um, think he's bad in anything, is really he? Really good. So is Greg Kinnear, actually. Um, so is Helen Hunt. It's a really well-casted and acted movie. Anyway. Anyway. It's time to debut this game. Because I was so frustrated with As Bad As It Gets, because I felt like we, we stumbled our way through it, I wanted to get something concise and near and dear to the point. So I'm trying something completely different, and I am very satisfied with the results. Nice. So Let's this game it. is going to be an exercise of your two's deducing power. Ooh. Hmm. The name of that Our game. Two's deduce. Two's deduce. Can I get a drum roll, gentlemen? The name of this game that we will be playing is called Who Said It? Best. <laughs> Is that the crisis rate theme? They're like really slow. <laughs> no, it's, it's the theme for you who said it best. Wait. No, Chris, I'm sorry. Can you play that one more time, boys? <laughs> no, Just, no, no, yeah. Let's hear it one more time. Who yeah, said it no, best yeah, sure. That's a, that's who said it best. <laughs> wow. Great unique theme song. Thank you. How many hours in the studio did it take you to develop that? Uh, I got uh, hours. I wrote, it took a long time. That actually took longer than the game. Wow. So people should really see your face when you do that because it's insane how happy and proud you are. I want you to know I fully intend on doing that for everyone. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Who said it best, oh, ladies shit. and gentlemen? Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, the game is called Who Said It Best? Who Said It Best? In which you two dudes will try <sighs> and deduce who said it best when they said a certain quote. Oh, this is great. What, um, could, what could this mean? So what I will do is read it to you uh, as a specific quote, and I will give you five choices. I originally wanted it to be, was going to have it as four choices, mm -hmm. but... I wanted to make it like Las Vegas in the sense that I, the house will always have a distinct advantage over the player. Mm -hmm. So instead of a 50% chance of you guys getting it right, uh, if you were to guess two separate guesses. If right. we was to go one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> if we was to go one-on-one, -on -one, you got a 50-50 chance at best at, at beat best. me. At, at beat me. me. Uh, so I, I wanted to have a distinct advantage. So you will be given five choices. This is great, Chris. I will read you a quote. <laughs> and of these five choices... Uh, you will be given a list as to who said this quote. Now, the people that I have chosen for these quotes, hmm. one of them is the correct answer, obviously. Mm -hmm. The other four are ringers that I've thrown in there. This is great. Could be a real person. <laughs> could be a character. 
if I read, uh-huh. if I were to read a character's quote, I will read it and the quote will be in their character. So, uh, which is to say, if I read, uh, if I was to say uh, the quote was, uh, I knew it was you, Fredo, you broke my heart. It wouldn't be Al Pacino. It would be Michael Corleone from that famous movie, The Godfather Part Two. Um, <laughs> Part Two. So I will read that. It will be Michael Corleone. It won't be like Al Pacino. I'm not gonna, you know, like try to okay. throw you for a ring or right, 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 right. So gotcha. it will be read as the character. Wow. For today's episode, I have prepared two, just as an introductory. I would. Uh, I, I would love li- it. I would like to do both of them. If that's okay with you guys. Yeah, right. we're yeah we're gonna do both. So, do you have a tiebreaker backup in case we tie this guy up? Uh, between these two? Yeah. What if we both get it right? That's okay if you both get it right. You're competing against me. Oh. Uh, I don't think you're both competing against each other. You can if you'd like, but I think think largely you're both competing against me. Okay. If you would like to keep a tally, I can start keeping a tally of uh, who has won more, me or you. Yeah, let's keep records just to see what happens. So, Dave, Ben. (laughs) I'm really excited about this. (laughs) I'm just happy to see you doing a game that you're happy about. I am very, very happy about this yeah. game. Um, so, gentlemen, I, I have some interesting ones in there, too. So just, you know, I'm going to try and throw you guys for a loop. All right. Who said it best when they said, we breathe, we pulse, we regenerate, our hearts beat, our minds create, our souls ingest, 37 seconds well used is a lifetime. Was it A, Thomas Alva Edison, B, Mr. Megorium from Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium, <laughs> C, and I threw, this, I threw this one in there because I thought it was really funny, <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize winner and Glamour's Woman of the Year 2013, Malala Yousafzai. <laughs> All right, so passing that one up. <laughs> no, I, I'm saying I threw the the glamorous woman of the year oh, thing in there because right, I thought right. it was. I was looking at a list of all her like awards, <laughs> and it was like Nobel Prize, Peace Prize, Children's Peace Prize, and also glamorous woman of the year. So I threw that in there. Prestigious glamorous woman of the year. Mad Magazine's putts of the century. <laughs> <laughs> D. Song Goku from Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> or E. Professor Albus Dumbledore. Oh. Would you like the quote or the names reread to you? I would like the quote. Re-read. Yeah, I want the quote. Yeah. The quote is We breathe, we pulse, we regenerate. Our hearts beat, our minds create, our souls ingest. 37 seconds well used is a lifetime. The options were Thomas Edison, Mr. Megorium, Nobel Peace Prize winner and Glamour's Woman of the Year 2013, Malala Yousafzai, or Goku. I wrote that all out, so I just read it straight off the page. Or Professor Albus Dumbledore, excuse me. Should we be competing or collaborating on this? That's up to you. Ben, how do you feel? Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to fight this one, or do you want to collaborate this one? I, I would like to hear you both individually work it out, and then I think see we should. I think we should. I think this should be competitive. Okay. It might be more fun that way. All right. So. I have my reasoning behind what I think already. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I have my reasoning and I and I think it's because of the scene that I think it takes place in. Okay. Um I think this is what Dumbledore says to Harry after Fox the Phoenix 
revives himself in Dumbledore's office. Okay. So I think it's Dumbledore. I will tell you, I believe that the mention of 37 seconds is super, super important. That's what I, that's what I, what I'm thinking too. Because it takes about that long for Fox to regenerate and revive himself <clears throat> after dying. That's a very I, solid guess. I kind of think you're probably right. But in the interest of diversifying the field, uh, I really, I really want to go with you on this one because I think you're actually right. But at the risk of uh, you can go, you can go with him. Like it's, I could, yeah, it's, I could. it's both I could. of us versus him. I, I will start keeping a tally when right. we do these, and I will let you know how far you guys have. We'll we'll, we'll keep records. I'm yeah. gonna split this with you just because. I want to cover some extra ground. I think DBZ is it. You think it's Son Goku? Yes. I don't know why. 37 seconds seems so specific. It has to be some part of uh, a fiction, I think. And so I'm going to lean into DBZ on this one. Okay. So uh, whose answer would you like me to? Uh, I'll go individually for this. Yeah. So we'll say um, whose answer would you like me to? Uh, like evaluate? Yes. Give us Ben's. So we will go with Ben's. <laughs> Ben's, your guess was Albus Dumbledore. Yes. During the, uh, when Fox the Phoenix dies and is regenerated. Uh-huh. Your answer was. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a fucking soundboard, you piece of shit. <laughs> your answer is incorrect. <laughs> Hell. Incorrect. Oh it is God. not Albus Dumbledore, although <laughs> I like your reasoning. That was a very, very educated guess. He's going to fuck me too here. Dave. He's going to fuck me too here. Your guess. Yeah. Based, I'm guessing because you know I've been watching Dragon Ball Z, yes, was that's why I guess Son Goku. Yeah. Your answer was. Yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> you fucking asshole! Your answer is also incorrect. That's that's way too deep for Goku to ever say. Yeah, okay, sure. I almost put King Kai on there just to throw you off because I'm thinking like, <laughs> but um, what was it? The real answer. Is it, this is a great game, by the way. This was you've done it. The you've correct answer. It. And let me remind you of the quote: We breathe, we pulse, we regenerate. Our hearts beat, our minds create, our souls ingest. 37 seconds well used is a lifetime. It was, of course, Larry David. <laughs> it was said by B, Mr. Magorium from Shit. Mr. Magorium's yeah. Wonder Emporium. I had a feeling it might have um, been. This was taken from ah. a scene in which Mr. Magorium, played by Dustin Hoffman and Molly Mahoney, played, of course, by Natalie Portman, wind all the clocks in the store to make them go off at once. In that scene that I looked up an hour before I came here today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mr. Magorium from Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium. This is this really is a very good game. <laughs> Thank you. You nailed it. I, I wanted to I wanted to like pick like really distinct people for the quotes. Right. That you were like, wait a minute, really? Like I was trying to match yeah. the quote with people that sound like it right. could be. Can't you just ask us to make a disgusting Sunday again? I was, I was okay at that. <laughs> so let me go ahead and add a tally right there. To I was okay at making like a diarrhea Sunday. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> Gentlemen, shall we move on to the next quote? Shall we? Yes. The you next quote. Who said it best when they said, nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. Ooh, I feel like I feel like I recognize this one. Was and that so quote from A, French physicist Marie Curie, B, 
Dr. Victor Freeze, otherwise known as Mr. <laughs> Freeze, from the Batman comic books. Sorry. C, inventor and founding father Benjamin Franklin. D, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Or E, uh, really bad movie character Benjamin Button. <laughs> so the idea of having five options is where this game is going to be the hardest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Five I, is hard. I, four, four was good. Five is better. Yeah. So it was Marie Curie, Mr. Freeze. Benjamin Franklin, Benjamin Netanyahu, and Benjamin Button. I thought you said, so was Marie Curie Mr. Freeze? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know, maybe. (laughs) Um, Wow. Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. Hmm. All right, give me that list of, uh, of of speakers one more time. Your options are A, French physicist Marie Curie, B, Dr. Victor Freeze or Mr. Freeze from the Batman comics, C, inventor and founding father Benjamin Franklin, D, Israeli prime minister Benjamin Netanyahu, or E, really bad movie character Benjamin Button. I have a guess. All right, so do I. I think Marie Curie. Okay. Reasoning behind that? Because her research came about... It's it's the words, now is the time to... Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, uh, right. At, at a time when things like germ theory and, and uh, you know, the periodic table were, were really starting to come into uh, common parlance and, and uh, scientific prominence... And so I think I think I don't know. It just it feels right to me. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. Retrospectively, all that shit makes perfect sense when you apply it to Marie Curie. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like this is a woman whose research began in a time where she didn't even understand exactly what she was studying and wouldn't appreciate it fully until it was killing her. Mm -hmm. Like and even after that, like she probably died not knowing most of what really, you know, was the sum total of the effects of radiation. Mm hmm. So it feels really right. And I I hate that I also want to guess that because the thing <laughs> is, like, that feels like a perfect retroactive d- description of what happened to Marie Curie and what, uh, you know, like uh, what 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 she would say if she knew. Ah, God, I hate it so much. <laughs> okay. Would you like your <laughs> options again or the quote again? Uh, give me the quote again. The quote is, nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. I'm changing my answer. Oh, okay. Benjamin I, Button. Benjamin Button. I think I, Ben's guess. I think I'm changing mine too, but I think I'm changing it to Mr. Freeze. Dr. Victor Freeze. <laughs> That's the reason being, I think I think it's too perfectly formulated a quote to be from anything but fiction. I agree. And I don't I, think that that's something Marie Curie could have said. Okay. And I think it's corny enough to be in Benjamin Button. I think it's or corny. I think it's, cor- I think it's corny enough to be Mr. Yeah. Freeze. <laughs> so, gentlemen, is that your final answer? I forgot to ask you that the first time. Are you sure that is what you want to go totally. with? Totally. I'm, I'm no, going with Benjamin you Button. You forgot to ask, but it clearly was. Benjamin Button and Dr. Victor Freeze. Let's is that correct? It. Let's do it. Whose answer would you like me to cite first? Uh, Give me mine. Okay. So we will go with Dave's. Give me 
one second here. <laughs> Dave, you guessed Dr. Victor Freeze? Yeah. That answer is... <laughs> you fucking cocksucker. Incorrect. It is wrong. It is not Dr. I, Victor Freeze. No one ever wins. <laughs> ben. Yes. You guessed Benjamin Button from that movie, The Curious Case of the Godfather Part 2. <laughs> Your answer was... Wait. You... Ah! Also incorrect. No. Son of wrong. No one ever wins. The correct answer is A, French physicist God Marie Curie. <laughs> you were so close. You were so close. Very well deduced, but I stumped you. I hate you. God. Um, I hate damn you. Damn it to Worth hell. noting, uh, Marie Curie has a Nobel Prize in physics and chemistry. She also discovered the elements of rhodium and polonium. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care right now, Chris. Uh, let me just, I have an interesting thing about polonium here. Do you? Uh, polonium is a highly dangerous element and has no biological role. By mass, polonium-210 is around 250,000 times more toxic than hydrogen cyanide. For less than one microgram for an average adult compared to about 250 milligrams of hydrogen cyanide is fatal. Wow, that's really cool, Chris. Isn't yeah. that what uh, Putin killed that one journalist with? Oh, like yeah, polonium-2 something two or other? Something. 215, um, 258. It's also, it, it, which is ironic because it's named after the least threatening character in Hamlet. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't know if it's named <laughs> <Sure>. after him. <laughs> I um, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. And this game is only going to make me hate you. Uh, but, yes. uh, before we start, I'm going to take a leap. Take your time. It's, Rock it's a okay. hot piss. Uh, so I hope you guys liked that game. Take let me a go, failure lap. <laughs> let me let me go ahead and notch another win there oh, for I, me. I hate it. Ooh, that didn't feel right. <laughs> It didn't. I it was know. too. You knew see, when the, he did it. The you knew when he is, did it. The thing is, you knew I had he, to try and. I was gonna. Yeah, you I knew had when to he try. Wrote it down. And the other thing is, I wanted to try and get some female representation in there as All well. Right, get some originally ladies. in place of Malala, I had uh, Gandhi, uh, Mahatma Gandhi right. as the option, and I'm like, now let's get some female representation in right. there. So I did Marie Curie and I did Malala. So I figured, why not? Well, uh, I we'll mix you, it up. Uh, this kills me. So that Honestly, is two kills me. wins for the house. Okay, here's the thing. I despise what you did, but this is a great game. <laughs> I think so, too. I think you nailed it. Who said it best? Who said it best? Who said it best? Wow, what a good game. Uh, I'm glad you guys liked it. I am going to have a ton of fun. <sighs> A ton of fun coming up with those. <laughs> I can't stress to you enough how easy it was to find a quote and then think of silly characters. Well, of course. That it could have been who said that. That's the thing is like once you start with the quote. Yeah. There's a whole lot of options. Just opens which up. Which make a lot of so sense. So you just search like famous quotes from such and such and find a good quote. And then who knows who said it? I'm glad you guys liked that. <laughs> I had Mr. a ton of fun Freak coming it up. Mr. At Freak. this moment, <laughs> I am euphoric. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very frustrated with that game. <laughs> Not by the blessing of some phony god, but because I am enlightened by my own intelligence. <laughs> what? Have you never seen? That's it's infamous. It's a Reddit meme oh, okay. um, by by a, uh, a poster on the atheism subreddit. Oh, no. And I'm sure immediately after the atheism circle jerk subreddit. Right. But he he. He basically introduced himself by saying, I'm not a professional quote maker or anything, but here's my attempt. 
quote maker <laughs> quote maker yeah he just he just thinks like as if that's how that works right <laughs> people like sit down and think i want to write a good quote at this moment i am euphoric <laughs> It's great. Uh, incidentally, Drew said that is not her wiener. Who drew this wiener? <laughs> okay, here, I'm going to read it again. Uh, Windows and TV live to live live to open, cut out opening. Don't know what that means. <laughs> Weird. Bringing Chaplin. <laughs> what does that mean? And then exposition peppering. <laughs> and then there's just this drawing. Of a wiener and balls and a butt and like a belly button and mm-hmm. legs and weird knees and it's got a big capital A next to it. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> Can someone please? I mean, I don't even know whose handwriting this is. I don't either. But Boy. it's there. Boy howdy. Boy howdy. So, gentlemen, shall we well, move on from ju- the game? Let's just do it. I'm glad you guys like that. <laughs> that was good. That is two scores for the house. Gotta hate you. And none for the players. Yeah, right. We'll see how that improves the next time that we play this game. Next time on Who Said It Best? Best. Or Um, Shall we move on with the topic? Yeah, I guess we could. The topic this week, uh, I had to look to see if it was anything that we had done in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to do something interesting because I've I've been doing a lot of this lately. I wanted to talk about collecting. <laughs> Collectibles collecting. Ooh. Collecting. So, Reminds have you... me that we haven't played Magic the Gathering yes. yet. Yes, uh, I'm working through this tutorial right now. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to bed last night before you uh, got on. Yeah. I was in bed by like 11, maybe? Maybe earlier? Yeah. Um, oh, but uh, yes, Magic the Gathering is probably the most uh, like collectible-driven game I ever played, <laughs> and I still have all the cards to prove it. So uh, the topic is collecting. Have you ever collected anything, I guess, is the first question, and... Uh, is there anything you would like to start collecting or anything that you find collections of interesting? Yeah, money. Where do we? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to start collecting money. Where do we go from here? <clears throat> I got one for you. Let's go. I don't know if anyone cares about these things, but you know how like anytime you go anywhere, like a, any tourist trap or any like uh, large attraction, they have those pressed penny machines. Yes. Uh-huh. I fucking love those things. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I have a small collection of them. Um, in fact, one of the most recent ones I got was when we went to the house on the rock in Wisconsin. I think I told you guys about this, right? But the, the, the idea is this is like a place that this dude, Alex Jordan, who like was a native Wisconsinite, like built this crazy house on this like rock, uh, rock outcropping. And he made like all this weird, like the whole place is insane. All these weird Mm. rooms with weird collections of weird things. And like a gigantic carousel, and eventually he made this enormous whale, like uh, <laughs> the gigantic whale uh, statue that's like eating a, a fishing boat and all this stuff. <laughs> like it's this crazy huge museum of stuff this dude did. But one of the things they have there is a press penny machine that, that you can get, like a small little penny press yeah. of uh. the big whale eating the little ship. Mm-hmm. 
which is still in my collection. I used to be fucking obsessed with those when I was they a kid. They were so cool. Like, <laughs> you, everywhere you, I went. You couldn't get on the turnpike without, like, stopping I, somewhere, and there was just, like, a machine there, it, whatever rest area you were at. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, here, uh, it, uh, the Wright Brothers. Yeah, the, it's, the, yeah, the, uh, it's the world's largest ball of yarn. The, it's the world's biggest pickle. State Senator Edwin J. Carbuncle <laughs> Memorial Toilet. Yeah, right. <laughs> All that weird. And then, like, if you go to I remember, like, distinctly as a kid, if you go somewhere like D.C., yeah. right, you can't right. go any any building in D.C. without <sighs> five of those machines being Right. There. They're all oh, over yeah. the place. So you got to pick because your parents aren't going to give you 51 cents for everything. <laughs> right. They're not going to give you, like, $10 in coins. Yeah, right. You got to decide. decide which one is the right. most important. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, those things were everywhere, and I loved them. I have a. I have. They're a, still around, dude. There's. There's still oh, yeah. Yeah. Those. yeah. I think I actually have a few that uh, were sent to us by one of our Goose Chase listeners. Really? Which is Kristen <laughs> in uh, California. Mm. Kirsten. 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 Yeah. Do you do you suppose they have one of those in Lanterman's Mill? Uh, I know they used to. Um, I don't uh, know for sure. Uh, they used to long ago and far long ago. <laughs> they did. They used to. My uh, actually, my uncle used to w- is descended from the family that built Lanterman's Mill. Yeah, uh, and actually used to run tours there. So I had all of those pennies at one point. <laughs> I don't know if it's still there, but that was this is like twenty years ago. The so. coolest one I have is the one that Kirsten sent to me, which is uh, well to us, I guess. But it's the it's an Area Fifty One. Oh, cool! It's got like a fucking UFO. I want to believe. <laughs> and a Naruto yeah. runner. It's so... <laughs> right. They can't shoot all of us. <laughs> what, a, what an insane thing was that? It's just, they can't kill, they can't all, kill of all of us. <laughs> and then like 30 people showed up. <laughs> yeah, it was, And it was exactly what everyone thought it was going to be. Is a bunch of nerds in the desert looking at their phones. Yeah, right. Oh <laughs> Except I, for that one guy in the background of that news report. There was for a hot second a real concern that too many people would show up. Yeah, right. You, like, ever, you ever see that picture from the uh, Air Force briefing where they're talking about what a Naruto yes. run is? Right. You know, it's like a guy trying to explain. There was a really good explanation for what that was, which is that there's this thing of like, uh, it's like, uh, it's sort of like a regular procedure that they put people through where they have to explain a topic and it doesn't matter what it was. And it's not an official briefing, but it's just like, <laughs> like every week you have to talk about a topic and they're going to throw it at you so that you practice doing <laughs> a briefing. How to do that. Right. right. Yeah. So strange. So that's the best explanation for why some <laughs> dude was giving a briefing <laughs> on what a Naruto run, run is. <laughs> yeah. It's like inconsequential <laughs> practice run. There's a new group, incidentally, called uh, Storm the Vatican. They can't molest all of us, <laughs> which is significantly less, gained significantly less traction. But I'm part of that group. Is this just starting? Because well, well, I feel like, why not the starting. Boy Scouts? Well, yeah, because I don't, I don't want to fuck with the Swiss Guard. Yeah, right. No, that's <laughs> those, those really motherfuckers are terrifying. Why not storm the Boy Scouts of America? Why is it? Why is it the Vatican right the now? Boy Scouts of America just filed for bankruptcy. Right, like but you're that's, done. That's why you should go in there. <laughs> oh, did yeah. they really? Yeah, they just filed oh for bankruptcy. God. Like they're done. Was, they yeah, they so can't that's, afford. Uh, that's what that was about when he posted that thing about the Vatican uh, from the Onion about how they oh. will not be out molested by the Boy Scouts oh. of America. That's because they're now, as of today, filing bankruptcy. They can't afford all the lawsuits because <laughs> of all, because of all the <laughs> yeah like molestation lawsuits brought against them by people who got. Molested, Fucking sure. Buttheads. Well, and the yeah. th- the thing is, like, that I think that's that's both a good thing and almost a sad thing because the Boy Scouts is not inherently bad. It's not a bad thing. No, but they were negligent. No, the out- super way. negligent. And yeah. also, the outdoors sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, the outdoors rules. Fuck that. I disagree. <laughs> I fundamentally disagree. It's full of mosquitoes. Yes, but also. <laughs> 
water and sky. Yeah, I I have water honey. in my house that comes from a faucet. Bad water. You gotta get, <laughs> I can get honey from the store. In the water. Do you know about fluoridation in the water, Mandrake? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the outdoors rules. So getting back to collecting things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, um, somehow. <laughs> I have been uh, I've been collecting hockey cards lately, which has mm-hmm. been really fun. Yes. Um, and you learn really quick when you start doing this that you can't just get the fucking dumb shit packs that you buy at like Target and Walmart. You got to get special hobby boxes. That's how they get you. Because that's where all the cool shit is. That's how they right. get you. You can't just walk into the store and grab the thing off the rack. You can, but that you're not going to get any of the fucking right. cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> so well, the w- cool thing that Target does is they do these things called triple deke boxes for hockey card collectors. I'll show you a triple deke. <clears throat> and it's basically repurposed like all the all the like packs that didn't make it from the manufacturers into regular hobby boxes. Mm-hmm. They pull a couple like four or five of them and they stick them in these in these triple deke po- boxes. <laughs> and then they get like regular insert cards that are like the really big hit cards like mm-hmm. jerseys or autographs and sure. they throw two of those in the box aside from the several like regular five or seven card packs that you get from the cool hobby boxes mm-hmm. and those are 15 bucks and sometimes you get junk and sometimes you get some really cool shit <laughs> so i've got some really cool bruins rookie jersey cards i've got some really cool autographs that, yeah. uh, that i've got i have a joe thornton <coughs> rookie card uh from when he played for the Bruins in 03. No shit. His first season in Boston, huh. which is really fucking cool because he was my favorite player when I was a kid. That's cool. Yeah. So you get some oh, cool shit, shit out of when this. When were you born again? 1990. 90. Yeah. So you would have been 13. I was right? 13. Yeah. That's uh, cool so, as uh, fuck. 12. 02, 03 was his, uh, his rookie season. Gotcha. Uh, if I remember correctly. <clears throat> That's but, yeah, awesome. I have his rookie card, which is really <laughs> fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, and I got that for 15 bucks at Target. But Dumb it question, is, but is this a reprint? They must be, right? No, they're the actual cards from the packs. Like, the pack that I got was from 0203. They insert, like, leftovers from the... From the trading card companies, they like huh. the leftovers. This changes everything they, for me. They sell them wholesale, and then they dump those into wow. the. So, so whatever you, they so happen to have, me, that card is actually from. Yeah, it's from the pack. It's not a reprint. It's an actual legit pack from a hobby box. I pulled that. I actually pulled that from one. Three? From 03, yeah. I actually pulled that one from a, from a pack that was taken from, like, as an over, like, an overabundance thing. And then Target takes those, repackages them, and puts them into these little. Well, shit. I should have been looking for those because we were at Target the other day. 15 bucks. This is taking me from not caring about this to caring about this. Some of them are really cool. Some of them are like, you know, sometimes it's the risk that you get with any of them. Some of them are junk. Um, Some of them are are just fucking Joe Quinville's gout. Right. Um, (laughs) Now, the really expensive ones are like uh, there's there's boxes. The cup is the most expensive one. They're called the cup. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't know if they're put out by Upper Deck or not. Upper Deck's like the largest purveyor. of Right. They're the Upper Deckers. Um, (laughs) They're the ones that get up on uh, top and, you know, drop it to us below. Right. Yeah. They're (laughs) like you can't get rid of it. (laughs) Right. They're up top and they (laughs) just, you know, drop the good nuggets down to us. Right. (laughs) <laughs> just kind of hit that lever and it comes down to us. Uh, but they, right. the cup is, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, the cup is the big one. Those boxes for five cards go for several hundred dollars. But when you get those packs, you know that you're going to get something good, at least one really, really good thing in those packs. Hmm. Something that's worth a lot of money. Yeah. Because uh, people will actually, I've, if you check eBay, people <clears throat> will pay serious cash for some of these really good hits. Really? Um, the ones that are the more affordable ones are, by Upper Deck, they're called Black Diamond Boxes. And you can get those hobby boxes that contain about six or seven cards for roughly 80 bucks. But 
again, those cards are worth money. So right. there's a good chance that you're going to make at least make your investment back when you get those. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can find one when you're collecting sports card, any sports card, not just hockey, if they're numbered, the, they'll typically number them from like one through 300 to one through 99 to one through 50, one through 10, one through 25 mm-hmm. or one of one. And if you can pull a one of one card, that is uh, <laughs> serious cash. What I saw. Is, does one of one literally mean the only the only one, one the only one that was in ever the made world? in the world that was ever made? Yeah. Wow. So I saw. Uh, I'm a member of the Hockey Card subreddit, which is a small subreddit, but a really super dedicated one. Uh, I saw somebody who pulled a one of one hockey card from a from a regular upper deck series one pack, uh, which is like the standard shit that you could go to the store and buy. He pulled one, and it was a one-of-one pack for a commentator from the 1930s. They did, like, a commentator-exclusive set. Okay. And this dude (laughs) pulled a radio commentator for hockey from the 1930s, which is, like, a crazy, insanely cool pull and, like, really specific, and someone will pay a fuckload of money for that. Yeah, right. The right person (laughs) will love the hell out of that. Will absolutely love that. I love the hell out of that. I don't want to know how much he wants for it. But that's, like, several hundred dollars. Right. You wouldn't pay a hundred or two hundred bucks for that, but someone will. Right. Uh, uh, Of the cards I have, I don't have anything that's worth a ton of money, but I do have some pretty cool cards that I know are worth money already, and I've only just started. It's the lottery. It is. It's the lottery. It's the lottery. It's, the lottery. it's literally the lottery. That's what you're doing. <laughs> but I, I'll have to show you guys, like, the collection from the last time I showed you to now has yeah. grown pretty exponentially. Uh, and I have some pretty cool I have some pretty cool stuff in there. I believe it. Sweet. I have a ton of, like, uh, packs from, like, when the Vegas Golden Knights yeah. had their inaugural season. There's lots of cool shit from the 2016 <laughs> or 2017 season. Uh, I have a lot of those, like, those original players, so... Did you guys collect Pogs? I did. I did for a brief amount of time. I think we talked about Pogs in the 90s I nostalgic. Think, I think we did. Yeah. I think we did. Maybe it doesn't warrant a big discussion, but. I had a, had a big yellow bucket full of them. There was. um, I had those tubes, those plastic tubes. with the Oh, limbs. yeah. I never yeah. had those. Yeah. Because um, I, I never really played. I never really knew you could play with them. I just, you know, I thought right. they were neat, so I collected them. Yeah, dude. Right. Um, there was one. There was one set I had. <laughs> there was one set I had called the Exo Men, and it, they were just straight up X Men ripoffs, but they were all in like exosuits, like <laughs> m- mechanical. Okay, it was like so super obvious knockoff. It was so strange. Silly. It was really strange. Yeah, some of those designs seriously kicked ass. I though. wish I still had the like ones the, I had when I was a kid. The hollow foil thing. Uh-huh. Alex would, uh, still has all his pogs. I bet he does. <laughs> Alec is great at keeping shit like oh, that. Oh yeah, he's got ton- he's a toy guy, so he's, he's got tons of toys. He's like a he's like a primo collector. Much to I'm sure his wife's chagrin. He's got <laughs> the entire attic is reserved specifically for his toys. I was gonna say there's no way that's done all up in the attic, right? It's all it's yeah. almost all food. Yeah, he's got um <laughs> He's got the largest tech deck collection I've ever seen anybody so have, cool. adult or child. Oh, my yeah. God. He's got, like, I, just, <laughs> he's got a whole skate. He had, the last time I was up there, a whole skate park built out of tech decks. Wow. Yeah, and right. a workbench dedicated to, like, rebuilding his tech decks, which is, like, nerdy, but, like, super <laughs> fucking cool because I oh, yeah. loved yeah. those when I was a kid. It is absolutely nerdy and also <laughs> cool. Yeah. I have a, uh, I have a, a, a binder. That is full of my granddad's stamp collection. Oh, yeah. You've told me about this. And uh, it's still I know I know exactly where it is. Um, I've I've had it. God, 
probably about 10 years now. And I don't know what to do with it. I don't know where to start with collecting mm-hmm. stamps. And I mean, they're, they're great because they're just miniature works of art. Yeah, you know? they are cool. A, a very they? cool place to start would be to like find a forum online and see if they can direct you to someone who can get what you have appraised so you can at least understand sort of what you've got. Right. Sure. Um, I've, I've always been curious. I, I don't think I'd ever sell those because they were no, my granddad. No, it has nothing to do mm-hmm. with selling them. It has more to – I think a lot of it – because that was what I did when I started doing the hockey cards thing. Mm-hmm. Understand what you've got and kind of appreciate why mm-hmm. why people put value sure, on it. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's something I've, I've wanted to do. Um and then my my stepdad's father, who who passed away some years ago, um, would always get my brother and I uh, collectible coins because he was yeah. a coin collector. Oh, um, like those ones that came in a set like you would get on TV? Well, right. But he also would give us coins from like that he had had for years from like Italy in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I've got this old beaten up, uh, you know, Lire coin uh, that's like you know, maybe a little bigger than a dime. Um, and just some of some of the stuff that he he managed to get his hands on was was incredible. I still have that. I know it's it's around somewhere. It's in one of the boxes that I that I moved with. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it just, <laughs> it's 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 incredible. The 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 stuff that you know, these guys were able to keep and, yeah. and just, you know, uh, have around. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I miss, uh, when I was a kid, I used to collect minerals. Oh, you man, talked Jesus about Christ this. Murray. Yes. Jesus Christ, Murray. They're <laughs> minerals. Um, you talked about this a little bit before, I think. Yeah. yeah. So th- this was, um, this was back when I, I, you know, at like the age of six or so, I decided I wanted to be a mineralogist. I wanted to study the earth. I wanted to uncover gems. It's a pretty rad dream for a six year old. <laughs> right. Well, I was I was I was like I was kind of blown away by, you know, I'm 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 simple. I, I like pretty colors. <laughs> sure. So like but also what six year old is not blown away by that? <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I remember one time I found uh, uh, a rock out in out in like Mill Creek Park, and it was it was very clearly like a solidified imprint. But there was a very distinct like uh, like an imprint of like a, a talon or something. Yeah. Um, Ooh. So it was how a, big was this? It was like. It was like maybe this long, a couple so inches in height, maybe the length of your pinky finger, maybe it, one and a half, two inches in height. Right. But it but it came to a point. So it clearly wasn't human. OK. Um, and it, at first, you know, being being young and stupid, I was like, oh, this is probably it's probably like an ancient velociraptor footprint or something. Yeah, probably a dinosaur. It, it was probably a stork or yeah, a right. heron or something. But it was it yeah, was a bird's today's dinosaurs. It was a pretty sizable digit, you yeah. know. Um, and it was clearly not like a natural formation. Uh, so that was like the gem of my collection. These for a caves while. are not a natural formation. No pun intended. <laughs> Someone <laughs> um, built them. But like I there was a period where I had all, uh, you know, the gemstones for each month memorized. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, there's there's still there's still something I really 
I really enjoy about going to like a natural history museum and going into the, the yes. gemstone exhibits. Yeah, they're they're still they're so my, cool. My favorite really part cool. of the Smithsonian. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, the, the, uh, what is it in the uh, the Carnegie Museum in Pittsburgh has yeah. a whole gigantic display of gemstones and rocks and cool things. Yeah. And then there's it's also so exciting. There's also the one um, and every every mineral exhibit has this. The ones that are fluorescent. The ones that glow in the dark. Yeah. Um, the one at YSU even has. One oh, of really? Those. The one, uh, the one in Rayan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They they have like a dark room where you, you know you turn out the lights and the the shit glows in the dark. Do they really? Yeah. I um, think I've seen that. The American Museum of Natural History in New York mm-hmm. has maybe the most impressive collection of gems I've ever seen. I don't. I can't remember if I've seen the one at the Smithsonian, but I but I the American Museum of Natural History in New York. Uh, has just an unbelievable set of of gems, just an entire room dedicated to them, mm. and it's it's pretty it's pretty mind blowing. I dig that. There is a a chess set at the Smithsonian, uh, the Natural History Museum. There's several actually chess sets that they have uh, available for purchase, and one mm. of them is a several thousand dollar chess set and i'm talking like thirteen thousand dollar chess set okay. that is made from precious stones fuck and, me and it's in the main like the main bottom gift shop of the smithsonian in dc <laughs> and it is i don't know how else to say it it's beautiful i mean it's a I'm large sure. scale large scale two like and a half an average chess board. two and a half yeah. foot chess set w- made with two separate precious stones and inlaid stones in the chessboard. it's gorgeous you know wow. what you know what gave me that same kind of sensation was when we when uh, aubrey and i were in chicago last year we went to the art institute and uh in the in one of the sub levels they had an exhibit there a special exhibit that was for one of the weirdest not weird but but Something that I would never think of as being a collection in a museum, but it was paperweights, glass paperweights with like like you remember, you know, glass paperweights with, you know, they have like I have one upstairs, which is is it's got goldfish in it with bubbles coming out of the gold. Right. They'd have bubbles and and rocks and and designs on the inside. Yeah. There's like turf and stuff. Yeah, I have I have have one of those. An entire Exhibit encompassing this entire room. <laughs> That's cool. Of, of paperweights of all sizes, uh, all designs. They would talk about, you know, the, you know, these were uh, from an Italian collection. These were from a French collection. Yeah. It's it, it like it it defies description how beautiful these things were. Like you could look at these things for, you know, hours and, and right. just like. All the details and all the, uh, you know, the way the light bends around everything. Yeah. It's it's something that, like, because my dad used to have one or two of those in his office uh, long ago. And it's something I never would have. It's something I, I never thought about in a long time. Those old glass, you know. Yeah paperweights. Hey, they're all over the place, but you don't really realize exactly how many different designs of that thing there are. But the whole thing was donated to the museum by like one dude who (laughs) who collected these things. Who collected the shit out of these things. Who collected the absolute shit out of these glass paperweights. It was incredible. Value is put on things, you know what I mean? If if someone assigns value to something, it's 
it becomes valuable. Right. The at very the, moment that happens. At the risk of being a little bit repetitive, again, that place, uh, uh, the House on the Rock in uh, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. which is a place defined by collections of things, yeah. um, has at the end of it, which it's so crazy. There's like four or five whole buildings of collections. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at the very end of it, there's this odd display of what look like. So there's a lot of dollhouses, which hmm. are interesting in their own right. But there's also Aubrey these little. They're very cool. The, the rooms are very detailed. The people are very detailed. But then also there's these things. I don't even know what you call them. They're like. Like a thing you might have on your shelf and the, 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 the lid flips open and there's little people and you turn the knob and they're all doing their own little oh, thing. Yeah, all I've seen those. Dancing or talking or waving their hands and there's like maybe a, possibly a clock or something like that at the center of it. <laughs> but it's this whole little tiny diorama. I think they call them dioramas. dioramas. Yeah. They're tiny little scenes and they have inscriptions on the front. They almost remind me of precious moments the way that they have yeah, a wholesomeness yeah, yeah. to right. them and the little people that are like caricature people and... They have little statements on them or quotes on them or maybe like biblical verses on them and little people doing the little thing and twisting around and all that. And it's I've never (laughs) the thing is that collection is full of duplicates, which blows my mind like that that they even gotten more than one of any of these things. Uh, They have like three or four of the same one as you go through. Um Probably the single most specific collection I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I think they were made by a jeweler. If I remember correctly, a jeweler Hmm. made a lot of these things. Yeah. And they were all themed around, like, marriage and weddings (laughs) and rings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. But uh, what a very specific... Uh, collection. Yeah, but you know, and again, the second someone assigns value to something like that, you know, that's probably worth a fuckload of money. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, because those are also all, like, made by hand. hand This is a time when they made them all by hand. That's crazy. It is pretty crazy. Like, stuff like, like, they they all look similar, but they're still, like, handcrafted. Think about, like, okay, you guys remember Pokemon cards, right? Yes, I certainly (laughs) do. Um, uh, Do you still have your Pokemon cards? Nope. Mine. Oh, my God. I'll never forget. I have mine. My mom washed my pants and like 120 Pokemon cards went in the laundry and they came out stuck together. My holographic Charizard card. You had a Charizard? Yes. I say I, I looked it up just a second ago to see. Would you like to know how much the card's worth? Now? No, I don't. <laughs> Uh, I because was so angry. Even when we were kids, oh. that was the card to collect. Yeah, right. First oh, yeah. edition holographic first, Charizard. First everyone edition. Lo- everyone loved Charizard. Yeah, so the, that, yeah. that was the card to collect. That was worth a lot of money when we were kids. It's I'm, worth yeah. a lot more money now. My mom put that in the laundry when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. What I do have is curiosity uh, still, I have a Don't first. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Ben. I have a first edition holographic Blastoise now. Oh, still. really? That's cool. Uh, which I guess is is not as rare, but still pretty rare. Yeah. Uh, and that is worth money. And I just realized that right now um, as I was don't, flipping. Don't tell there. me what these things um, are worth. I can't. Dude, again. I had t- I still have tons mm. of cards. I have um, uh, lots of Japanese cards, but I have a very specific edition of Zapdos uh, in Germany that came out in Germany. That was like a super specific card that was released for the German market. Yeah. Uh, oh, the one with the swastika on its chest. Yeah. Uh, the, the Goebbels zapped us. Um, <laughs> Goebbels zapped us. <laughs> Zap zwei. <laughs> no, um, 
Uh, I, I miss those uh, those very early Pokemon cards and their yeah, designs. They and were <laughs> the, the, some of those are worth some fucking money. I have to yeah. dig through and see what my cards are worth now because I still have them. Yeah, because because half of those too were uh, some of the like half of those were just like the original watercolor illustrations that would show up in like mm-hmm. the strategy guides and mm-hmm. and all the right. Yeah, those were those were neat. That was a huge part of our like uh, like an enormous oh, yeah. part of. I, I, at least there was a goddamn there was a goddamn black market for these. Oh, there was. Yeah, like, I know. Just uh, just Pokemon itself. The video games huge. are built around you know fueling this fucking addiction. Yeah, huge. Yeah, well, and like much the same way that I think uh, kids collected baseball and football cards. Right. Back in the you know sixties and seventies, like sure. there's you know. And even then, the, the the market for those is you know still huge. <laughs> I had fucking uh, I had fucking arena football league trading cards back in the nineties. Mm. Um, I, I God, what were they like? The L.A. Galaxy? Yeah, or, that, or, yeah <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, uh, yeah, like like I just oh no, that's a that's soccer. The Galaxy, that's soccer. Um, no, but I football. I. I distinctly remember like '90s arena football. I had some trading cards for, yeah. and and like I didn't get the difference between between that and the NFL. Um, some of that shit is worth serious money. I remember in middle school there was one dude that basically was like the rich kid that had all the Pokemon cards, mm-hmm. and he established a market just around himself mm-hmm. for buying and selling. <laughs> Smart, and because it was middle school. People's conception of value was fucked up because they're right. kids. So the dude got away with like highway robbery when it was like, oh, you want this? Oh, that'll be, you know, 15 of your cards of this value. <laughs> yeah. And people would be like, yeah, all that right. kid's name, Jordan Belfort. <laughs> that kid's name. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Jeff. What's his name? Bezos. I'm trying to think of a. Uh, Oh, Bernie Madoff. 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 Yeah, Madoff. Uh, no, like seriously, that some of that's and that some of that stuff is still. I remember my dad yeah. when I was six years old when I first started collecting them, six or seven. Yeah, I remember him telling me because he had fucking he had baseball cards when he was a kid from the fifties, right? right? And yeah. he's like, I remember he's like, he he specifically went out and bought like the protective binders, the books and the plastic cases yep. and everything. He's Take like, care of them. I will buy these for you. But you need to take care of them, right? Because one day these are probably going to be worth money. And he, uh, you know, he's right. He was right. He was right because he's <laughs> like, you know, literally on like uh, Pawn Stars or whatever the hell it is. Like people brought one of those hollow Charizards in and like blew their fucking minds open with it. They're worth a lot of money, dude. Yeah. They're fucking. They're. Fucking I'm not convinced. Serious. Mine was one of those. One of the first editions. Yeah, it would say it first. There's a first edition stamp yeah, on them. Right. They're shadowless too. The the future reprints of those. Charizard had a shadow behind him. The original ones have no shadow. Oh, oh really? Yeah, that's that's how you could God, tell. I'm so glad I don't know which one I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you could tell. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's just, <laughs> and that's the thing. I remember like I, I hear so many of these stories from people from older older folks. I, one of the guys I work with used to collect baseball cards when he was a kid, and his mom sold them at a garage sale, the whole lot of them for a hundred dollars, <sighs> and was like. He said, like, in the 80s, he was, like, really proud. Like, I got 100 bucks for this. And he was like, Mom, <laughs> you have no idea what 
see what you've just done, you know, because some of that stuff is he probably got away scot-free with a couple thousand dollars worth of shit. Right. And a lot of right. those are like if you go to card like hardcore card dealers, a lot of those guys will be like as opposed to softcore card dealers. Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of those guys will be like, all right, this entire stack isn't worth anything. But this, this, this and this, I'll give you a hundred dollars for this. I'll give you five hundred for this. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. There's right. very specific <laughs> things that they're looking for. And that's the one thing that I'm getting used to with the market is like what people assign the value to. Uh, but Pokemon cards are like that was such a huge part of everybody's childhood that, you know, oh. and for some reason we were able to get. I remember going to flea markets when I was a kid and, yeah. and there were vendors there that were selling the thing cards. is, at the time, no one knew. It's kind of like Beanie Babies, where like yeah. there was a huge boom for those, but oh, at yeah. the time, nobody really knew what they were actually going to be worth. They just knew that a collectible collect. thing existed. Yeah. So the thing is, with Pokemon cards, it was like a similar market, right? Like a new thing, people were collecting, no idea what it might be worth in the future. But for now, it's, you know, like a, a reasonably, it's it's a system of rarity. <laughs> did right. did. Did either of you guys actually play the Pokemon card yes, game? I did. I did. Yeah, that, I okay. Because that's yeah. that's the thing too. Like, because some of those it's a lot I, like Magic the Gathering. I, I collect. Like I collected before I played. Like Magic the Gathering. I collected yeah. before I played, but I played. Yeah, uh, I I got to play once or twice, but I I get the feeling like uh, a lot of those cards too were were just based on their sheer power. Yeah, and their value derived from their their use in in combat. I think Magic works the same way, where like the really powerful cards are worth a lot incidentally the original print black lotus card oh that from, the black lotus which from, is which is yeah. banned incidentally which is banned yeah, from tournament from, play yeah. yeah uh but the original print black lotus card is Let worth 1200 bucks way higher. no way really way thousand way higher more than 12 way 000? higher wait the first print you mean the first print one hundred thousand uh, the last time I looked it up, it Gross. was a quarter of a million dollars. Shut the fuck up. Um, huh? Disgusting. <laughs> They're, they are ridiculously expensive. Um, and I never played Magic. I'm, I'm just now actually starting to like get into it because we downloaded that game. Yeah, yeah, we downloaded the game. We got to fucking play. They <laughs> are. Yeah, I'll play with you guys. Let me let me look it up. Uh, let's see. Black Lotus um, original. It graded. You have to have it graded. Okay. Oh. But we're talking like mint. We're talking mint. Mint first edition Black Lotus. Okay, so the most recent one, I just checked this. The most recent one uh, via Polygon. Like sold. The Black Lotus card sells for $166,000 at auction. Uh, <laughs> at auction. At auction. Yeah, people will <laughs> people will fucking auction for that. Well, this will eat into my Warhammer budget, but I assume <laughs> well, it is a sacrifice I'm willing mm, to make. Yes. <laughs> Worst banned card ever. <laughs> You know, I feel like I've never had anything truly valuable when it came to those cards. But I think I had one, and maybe I should probably look. So it not up. quite a quarter of a million. I lied to you, but one hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars. There was a highly useful. Um, God, I feel like it was like pure uh, immunity, like like full damage protection. I think it's called inviolability. Huh. I had a card like this. I feel like it was semi-rare, and I feel like I gave it away to a dude. Just, I just had no idea what I had. Right. I. I had a deck for a while, and I lost it. It was a white-red deck, mm -hmm. and in it, I, I could never find any of the cards I put in that deck again. I don't know what happened to the deck, but I, ha I had for a while the rest of the cards that were in my <laughs> binder. 
Um, but one of the ones that was in that deck was a Chroma Angel of Wrath, uh, okay. uh, who was I can't remember exactly what she could do, but she was like absurdly powerful. Let's look that card I could, up. I could be wrong. I feel like when I was recently cleaning out the closet upstairs, I feel like I might have found some cards of yours. Were they in a green binder? I don't know. Oh, shit. If they were loose, that might have been my deck. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I we'll have to look at it. I think I, they're still up there. If I think I there. lost it before I moved out of my dad's place. We'll find um, out. We'll find out. A chroma, angel of wrath. Mm, it actually doesn't look like that's worth too too much. No, but it was the best card I had at the time. Yeah. Uh, um, and it was uh, uh, flying, first strike, vigilance, trample, haste, and protection for black and red. Uh, so, in, so in other words, she couldn't be blocked by non-flying creatures. Uh, first strike means she could attack. As soon as she came into play. Haste is good. Uh, oh, no, that's what haste means. Um, yeah. First strike was... I can't remember what first strike means. Haste um, means you can attack and not be tapped, right? Or No, that's trample. That's No, uh, no, no, that's not trample either. No, that's vigilance. Vigilance. Trample Trample is uh, any... Yeah, damage Any goes leftover through. damage carries yeah. through the blocker and, and hits the summoner. And then haste is attack when you're summoned. Haste is attack when you're summoned. I think first strike is that... Your aut- that that creature is automatically first to be blocked in in the defender's chosen block order. I don't know because uh, the uh, the stupid uh, fucking unicorn whatever bullshit doesn't seem to have that. Right. But that's the uh, uh, legendary creature six six uh, costs uh, five and then three white mana to summon. So I le- I love Magic the Gathering. <laughs> yeah, I man. Remember the, just the smell of opening that pack and just yeah. the smell of those new cards. Oh. When I was in middle school, I drew my own battle map. I did <laughs> it. I traced cards nice. to make the spots to put things. Mm. And I drew like trees with like creepy vines and shit and suns and moons. That's like, fucking cool. I drew, and like many things from that time in my life, it got destroyed in a basement flood. But I, I nah. drew it myself, <laughs> like painstakingly tracing little card shapes. I loved that so much. And I'm glad I still have my cards. I really would like to see what some of them are worth. I used to collect, and I think it might actually still be in that closet up there, yeah. uh, in a black uh, tackle box. Okay. Um, a bunch of miniatures for a game called Mage Knight. Mage Knight okay. is what it's called. Um, as they got damaged, they had like little, uh, the base, you would turn the base so that uh, the stats that were showing would change uh, based on how much damage they were taking, mm-hmm. but it was like a, it was like an affordable miniatures game, right? So it wasn't as like, opposed to like Warhammer, right? Um, the first thing I think of when people spend a whole lot of fucking money, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I could never, I never got my friends into it. Um, my friends in uh, middle school, I never got them into it, unfortunately. Uh, but um, Morty, <laughs> Morty, Morty, fuck. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, what I had done was uh, went to the dollar store and bought some of those like ceramic little houses yeah. that like old ladies have in cabinets. And I would right. use those for like, you know, to set up villages. And then I, I cut, you know, some styrofoam pieces to and and like painted them uh, brown and with green on top to simulate like like raised elevated areas. That's cool. Um and uh, uh, some, you know, little dollar store, you know, like how so, some army men sets or, or like, you know, plastic dinosaur sets will come with like trees. And so uh-huh. I'd, I'd put those trees around and, and uh, 
you know, I just I just stage my own fucking battles because my friends, uh, you know, didn't play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had two uh, really big pieces there, you know, they would take up like much more space. And one was one was a, like a skeletal polar dragon. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it, you'd have to like the wings came. So you have to like attach the wings and like, you know, stick them That's into the sick. sockets. Um, and then the other was a chariot. And not only was, you know, not only did the chariot have its own stats, like each each beast pulling the chariot had its own stats. You could take a figurine and stick it into the chariot like it would just click in. OK, like the base would just click in there. So, <laughs> you know, you could have whatever whatever, uh, you know, standard size miniature you want uh, piloting the fucking thing. I think um, it was it seemed like a really cool game. I just never got to play it with anyone. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's kind of, that's kind of like what Pokemon was like for me. Mm-hmm. And also Magic the Gathering is like, it's cool to collect stuff. Yeah. But like, ultimately they're games. Right. Yeah. You if, gotta, if other people around you aren't crazy into it, like you are, they, it, it's, it just kind of feels like a missed yeah. opportunity. Right. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. And, and you know, the older I get, the less, uh, thrilled I am with like yeah. the comic shop crowd you know right uh, yeah I'm, I know what you mean yeah you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there for like a social event and just you know sit down and play God. magic with you know some rando at the comic shop I feel like I I would under the right circumstances I, uh, yeah. but I feel like the energy isn't in it anymore no and it, and it would have to be with the right person too there um, is a place in Akron which I'm forgetting the name of where the really good ladies dance <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a place very near where I work, which is like a uh, board game shop, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and they're open twice a week for like like roundtable tournament type stuff. All uh, American Cards and Comics, incidentally, in Boardman will. Does, are they in Boardman right now? Yeah, they're in Boardman. They're on uh, two twenty four. Yeah, they, whereabouts? Right by the McDonald's there on the corner of Market and two twenty four. Are they really? Yeah, yeah right it's it's a very small space. Very small. Yeah, um, very small parking lot. They also I don't do, know if you remember when they were in Austin Town. I do. Yeah, that spot right by the here here sign. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Avenue. Yeah, oh, that's over. where they were. Yeah, also, that, uh, I'm really the, uh, I'm yeah. sad because Boardman Sports Cards is closed, and that was right. where I was going to go when I started collecting. But there's no sports card shop anywhere mm. nearby. Right. Incidentally, I found one of the cards that I, oh. I have on eBay mm. right now. Uh, but this guy's got obviously a different jersey piece. But this is a game used one of ninety nine jersey. Oh, nice. Um, this is numbers. Yeah. Oh. So pretty this dude's good. selling this one for 10 bucks right now. I got that on a $15 pack. Um, Not bad, dude. Yeah. So uh, re- it, one of 99, Ryan Donato's rookie season a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, and I have that. I was super excited. Actually, that was not one of the ones I pulled. That was one of the ones that uh, a buddy of mine I work with pulled from a similar pack and gave it to me because he knows I like the Bruins. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, you know, 10 bucks out of a pack that was worth 15 bucks. <coughs> so... So let me throw this to you. Mm-hmm. We are right about time to call this segment, but do you have sure. anything else on collecting that's calling out to you? Stuff that you uh, you haven't gotten to talk about that was on your mind when you started <coughs> this idea? So um, not nothing major. I, I, I'll say that I know my um, my aunt and my mother used to collect Barbies. Oh really? Like, but like they had Barbie collections from what? the what? What from the fifties and sixties? Okay, and they are still in a box. They're opened, yeah, but they're still in a box at my grandmother's house. So mm-hmm. I know I have Barbies there that are packaged, and they're packaged. They're like in a oh, like in their like, box, not in their box, but they're in a they're in a like sure. a like a uh, oxygen mm-hmm. like they seal the bag, and they're in a, a crate okay. in the basement. So I know. 
that there's a market for those and I know those are worth something. And at some point we're going to have right. to like dig through and check them one day, but um, yeah, right. those are worth something. I collect a lot of albums too. I collect records, yeah, which aren't um, some of the stuff I have is worth serious money. Um, most of it's not records are really tricky when you're collecting. Yeah, right. I, I do have, um, not all, I have every Beatles album or almost every like re- major release yeah. Beatles album. But basically every Beatles album major is kind of worthless, isn't it? Well, unless you have original prints and I have two original prints. I have with the Beatles. Why prints? I thought we were talking about Beatles. <laughs> no, but the thing is because they're so popular. Yeah. <clears throat> most of these are not worth what you might think they were. No, but the original prints where they didn't print the picture on the cardboard box where they mm. put a sticker on them. Mm-hmm. Some of those are worth some money. So I have sense. an original print of with the Beatles in pretty decent shape. If you get oh, one, really, if you get one in really good with shape, the Beatles. Yeah, that's it, up top. Yeah, right. So Holy hell. Um, that's worth, I think, in like if it's been played, which obviously this one has, it's like 50 or 60 bucks. OK, I have a talking heads album that I bought from Geo. That was a limited release. They only made a thousand of them. It's the one that has burning down the house on it. <laughs> uh, watch out. You might get what you're after. Go, baby. Yeah. Uh, so I have that. It's it's in a plastic case and it's clear plastic vinyl. That's cool. Um, so that one is worth some, a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid, I think, 50 bucks from Geo for that only because I checked it on Discogs first. The right person yeah. will buy like buy that for like 200 bucks. You know, I still have a um, fuck ton of records here that don't belong to me. And I think it might be yours. Oh, OK. Oh, there was there a pile of records that was right there. Uh, no, those are yours and they're still there. Those are mine. Those are from Christmas. I have to bring (laughs) those. I have to bring those. Uh, Over underneath the TV over there by the bar. Mm -hmm. I'll have to, I'll have a ton of records. I think they're yours, Ben. I'll have to look. I think I have mine. I think they're, I have about like 400 vinyls that I have collected. Some of them are, well, most of them are worthless, but some of them are actually worth the amount of money. I wish I, I wish I had my favorite record ever. The other Beatles, I have an original Sgt. Pepper. Oh, do you really? Yeah, I have I have two reprint Sgt. Peppers from the uh, one is from the late 70s. One is from the early 80s. And then I have an original 67 print of Sgt. Pepper. No, it's, shit. In, it's in rough ish shape. I need to kind of I need to I want to try that wood glue trick to clean it. OK. Um, oh, the one where you cover it and peel it. Yeah. Um, yeah that actually works. That's I looked it right. up. That's it a seems legit. like such a high risk maneuver, but yeah. I'm sure it does. Um what but was, I, I had the original case. So. <laughs> what was the one you were saying? It was like one of your favorites. Oh, it's, it's a worthless record, probably. But I gave it away in a white elephant exchange years ago. And it was Pope John Paul II Sings. <laughs> oh, man. I'll that's never cool. see it again. Excuse but I know where it went. So, so my friend Natalie that I used to work with. <laughs> Natalie is so fucking funny. So I knew like when it came to like to the gift exchange, I was like, I have to give this to Natalie. This is so weird. <laughs> So she loved it, and now <coughs> apparently it's part of her family's white elephant exchange now, where someone <laughs> continues to give each other. Oh, that's awesome. The jo- Sean Paul II. Yeah, sings. it's J- JP two singing the hits, baby. Yeah, man, singing them Catholic hits. Did you guys ever see uh, or or listen to the album of uh, Guy Lafleur? It's a disco album. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's it's a it's really? all in French. Okay, it's it's sure. all in you know Quebecois French. And Quebecois. And and it's it's just a bunch of I, I had a I had a friend from Quebec listen to it, and it, it he can confirm it's just a bunch of like 
hockey-based innuendos. Nice. And it's just like, it's it's this weird disco, you know, <laughs> spoken word with, you know, Guy Lafleur and his awkward, you know. Cause, bonsoir. Because not even that, just Voulez-vous like. mon butt. Just like, you know how <laughs> hockey players talk in interviews? It's just like that. Oh, really? <laughs> I have to play. Oh, yeah. I, no, we did, uh, we did our very best here uh, to, you know, <laughs> to try to get the score some points in the uh I would try to stop us. I have to play a track upstairs because it's unbelievable. But yeah, Guy Lafleur has a sexy disco album. Awesome. Uh, it's somewhere out there. I can't remember Super what it's called. Weird. <laughs> what an odd thing. Sure is. Uh, uh, I think it's a good place to call it. Then. Let's call it. Hey, hey, collections was a good idea. Sorry, I, we spent a long time on that stupid game. That oh, I that, like. Oh, it's so bad. It's so I bad. I hope we never play it again. Oh, uh, we're going to play it again. It's really embarrassing. Especially now that I know I can win at it. God, I really hope we stop playing that game. <laughs> no, we're it's not. not good. I want you to know I'm going to come up with I, a whole fuckload of these. I hated it, and I never want to play it again. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, no. Let's take a break and uh, come back with recommendations. And what we learned. <laughs> and what we learned. And also smoking oh. and drinking. <laughs> and smoking and drinking. All right. We'll be right back. Yep. Oh, hell. Done introducing him. <laughs> I done introduced him enough. He fits right in. He's the man. First time in place. We see them tumbling down. <laughs> Tumbleweed. <laughs> I like your style, dude. <laughs> I dig your style too, man. You got the whole cowboy thing going. <laughs> Two oat sodas, Gary. <laughs> you got a good sarsaparilla. <laughs> Sioux City? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. It is a good one, actually. It is. It's a real, that's a real sarsaparilla. That's a great sarsaparilla. Yeah, Speaking of someone who's only had one sarsaparilla in their lives, Sioux City sarsaparilla it's pretty is good. the shit. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. So, hey, welcome back. Yeah, we're back. Everybody. Uh, morning. Uh, welcome Morning. back to the end of the show. This is the part of the show where we talk about the end. Dave! Yes. <laughs> What's the end? Oh, I don't know. Well, I guess what the, is the end? I guess it's probably when you've walked miles and miles and there's <laughs> no water or food and you not know if you see your family and you collapse on your knees and you look up to the sky and, you know, God says nothing and then Ooh. you fall in the dust. And That would be the closing track on the Doors <laughs> self-titled album. <laughs> yeah, probably right. Just, probably just asphyxiate on dust and then, you know, die, die penniless right. and alone. That's great. Ben, would you describe your womb as barren? <laughs> <laughs> I would describe my womb as lush and verdant with all sorts of moss and flora. You know what? I would, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> he got Santa a, got a bush. <laughs> he got a real healthy womb. Yeah. Dave. Full of flowers. Yeah. Uh, the movie Apocalypse and marijuana. Now. The movie Apocalypse Now won the Palme d'Or and is widely considered one of the greatest films ever made. Knowing this information, do you think we should be performing drone strikes in Palestine? Donde esta la biblioteca? Oh, <laughs> right. excellent. I think I did great. 
Yeah. Ben, what's your stance on abortion? <laughs> it fucking rules. Awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> the brand new Subway Italian more sausage sandwich. More food for everyone. <laughs> Just cold placenta sandwiches oh, the next morning. Oh, yummy. Ooh, yeah. Gentlemen, have we learned... Wait, Go back. we're not there yet. Hold on. Go back, <laughs> gentlemen. Have Go we back. any re- recommendations? Do you know what you're doing? No, I've been I doing don't. this show for three years. I know. I have no idea what I'm doing. Christopher, three years. <laughs> I only just now got a game that's any good. <laughs> I used to tell a joke, that jokes that weren't mine. That's Ben's stupid. Got Ben's got a good one. A, g- a good what? Yeah, Ben's got a good one, right? A, a good what? recommendation? Yeah, doesn't he? Um, yes. See, I was hoping that you wouldn't, so he would uh, uh, ping pong. Oh it back yeah, I was gonna go with Ben anyway. Okay, so Ben. Yeah. Do you have a recommendation? Damn it. Um. <laughs> Dave, do you have a recommendation? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Let's hear it. I do. It's our favorite fucking fat bastard on YouTube. Oh, fat bastard our from good the old Mike boy. Myers movie, Austin Powers. <laughs> our the good spy old who shaggeth me. Our good old boy <laughs> from How to Barbecue Right. Malcolm Reed. Malcolm Reed. Let's get down to cook. Let's get to cooking. This is my favorite isn't that guy. The, isn't that the... He, he's from Game of Thrones. Malcolm, Malcolm Reed. No, that's that's uh, that's Howland Reed. No, th- oh, Howland you th- Reed. You're thinking. Yeah. You're thinking of Eddard Stark. <laughs> you're thinking of Daenerys Targaryen. You're thinking of House yeah. Stark. Uh, so <laughs> Malcolm Reed. Malcolm Reed. How to barbecue ride? I love I this am guy Malcolm so much. Reed. I like how he always introduces his videos like that. I, I, welcome to How to Barbecue Ride. I am Malcolm Reed. Yes. Before you came over, I, I was telling Davey, sounds like uh, Will Sasso doing Kenny Rogers. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Which is super accurate. <laughs> I just to catch the bat with my teeth trick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kenny Rogers, and welcome to Jackass. Yeah, so this dude, whose channel is called How to Barbecue Right, yeah. is the fucking Best pitmaster on YouTube. I love him, dude. He's without best. a doubt the best on YouTube. I mean, I haven't seen anyone better. Maybe there is someone better. This he's, is the best I've he's ever my seen. Favorite. Yeah, he's great. I don't know where he lives. I assume he's in South Carolina. I don't know that for sure. Yeah. Um, the dude, like, uh, I actually think he's in Mississippi. Dude, I actually think I think he's in Mississippi. That, that, that looks I don't way. That, too, I don't think he's that far west. That looks way too nice to be Mississippi. <laughs> no, I think I'm pretty sure he's in. I think we'll I have to look him up. Distinctly remember him saying something about like I throw just, a little Mississippi. In. I know that he once referred to uh, things coming to him from Florida as sent up to him. Yeah, which suggests to me at mm. least those uh, sort of like East okay. Coast. But I don't know. Um, the dude makes some incredible barbecue, and he's really transparent about it. And the thing I think I like the most about his channel is, sure, this dude is there to hawk his fucking rib rub, which is like, mm. you know, just like this beautiful dust of all kinds of amazing. Yeah, you know, I'm going to buy his hot barbecue rubs. So will I. Yeah. But also that dude, <laughs> he's super explicit about. Like, oh, please go on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever you like, put on your ribs. You don't have to use whatever he's yeah, right. got there. Just you know, this is the process. So you want to put down some rub. You want to you know put the ribs on indirect heat. You want to let them smoke. You want to take them off. You want to put on some more you know uh, 
dust and sauce and fold them up and all this stuff. There's like several steps to what makes what I think are all of his competition ribs. Yeah. And, you know, and just meats in general. It meats in general. Mm-hmm. He makes it really explicit like, hey, this is I have a company. This is what we use when we do competition. But you yes. can use whatever you like, which I really like about him. Yeah. You get like you get the impression that he was like when he started doing this, like, I don't want to fucking chill out to people. Right. I, want, I just want I like doing this. And, you know, I get the impression that someone told him he needed to get on YouTube to sell stuff and he mm-hmm. went okay fine but I'm not going to be an <laughs> asshole about it either right. right like I'm not going to make people think they can't make good ribs unless they have my shit right mm-hmm. and so you get that whole sense of like here's how barbecue works here's what I sell here's the steps that work for basically everybody yeah it's really yeah. good to watch it's making me super fucking hungry just oh, thinking yeah. about it oh yeah same and starting on i think this weekend i'm gonna start smoking meat smoking meats smoking yeah. smoking yeah. gonna sm- smoke these meats smoke meats there are certainly way worse places to start than his channel he's yeah. very descriptive of is exactly what his process yeah, like is. how to basic is a pretty bad place to start <laughs> yes <laughs> I, just, uh, I love the idea <clears throat> of having a fucking spray bottle full of apple apple sock, cider or, yeah. uh, apple cider Ooh. yeah yeah just like spraying the ribs down with uh, not apple uh Apple cider apple juice. Apple juice, right. Yeah, just yeah. apple juice. I love the idea of oh. spraying meat down oh, with yeah. fucking fruit juice. Keep it damp, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, him and his wife also have a podcast, like a How to Barbecue Right podcast. I think a uh, lot of those are also on YouTube. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, they, they videotape it, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, they also have an app. I didn't realize this, but he's got an app where you can watch all those videos and look at his recipes and buy his stuff. And, oh, really? Yeah. Um, I want this guy to have my money. The thing, yeah, I do, too. I, I agree. I want to buy, buy, yeah, specifically, I want, buy I want his hot barbecue rub. I want his vinegar sauce. His vinegar sauce is supposed to be really yeah. good. Yeah, from whatever, all the stuff like in the comments that I've seen. Yeah. Um, this dude, if you look at it, the back of his house, like oh, it's, yeah, which is he's, the, the the it's the focal shot of every video he does. He's now. In, just in his backyard on his patio, basically with like the eighteen grills yeah. that he owns. Um, <laughs> right. It's, it's like, all these grills. It's his beautiful countertop. It's the fucking giant butcher block, and it's the lake a, on the horizon. There's a marble countertop outside of his <laughs> yes. house. Yes, he yeah. does. So he lives. He made all his money from barbecue yeah like (laughs) i've looked at these videos and been like how good do you have to be yeah at cooking meats to where you get to live on this fucking lake yeah and you don't know what his house looks like but you can see the house behind his house right so you can get an idea of what his house looks like yeah yeah and you know it's like some fucking eight bedroom two-story fucking palatial ass like home in the middle of probably the north or south carolinian like suburbs you know Mm -hmm. I still use his sweet and sour sauce recipe, and it's the best sweet and sour sauce mm. ever. <laughs> it's so easy, and it's so stupid, and it's so American, and it tastes so fucking good. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's I'm actually like, really curious what that w- is. Remember when we did the, I brought the drumsticks over, and we did sweet yeah. and sour drumsticks? That's his. I just did that in the oven instead of on the smoke. What was it, anyway? Do you, like, what are the four ingredients you can remember? Ketchup. Yeah. Uh... uh, uh Ketchup. Ketchup, seriously. <laughs> and then ketchup. Uh, a little bit of soy sauce, um, uh, rice wine vinegar, uh, right. and pineapple juice. Chili sauce in there? Um, I, I think he even said something like, you can add what you want to it, but this is how I do it. No. Gotcha. It's just like it's like rice wine vinegar, ketchup, uh, pineapple juice, salt, pepper, soy sauce. Oh, the, wait a minute. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think I remember seeing that Super one. easy. Oh my god! Still tastes great. <laughs> you just cook it until it all turns into a sauce. <laughs> That's my recommendation. Check out how to barbecue right. 
with Malcolm Reed. I am Malcolm Reed. Malcolm Reed. Today we're going to be making. <laughs> Today we're going to be making. Yeah. yeah. Today we're going to be Malcolm making some beautiful Reed barbecue so. We're going to get them on there. We're going to take this bacon. We're going to shove it in my fat mouth. And we're going to roll it all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Let's get gonna, cooking. I'm going to show you how to jam eight. <laughs> How to jab eight chicken thighs into my face at one time? Then just roll them around, get them in there. These are these sure are some chicken thighs in my fat mouth. What's <laughs> good to cook it? Yeah, <laughs> the, like he's just a fat fuck. I <laughs> fat. which which is his singular best attribute? Yeah, as a YouTube dude, just never a, never trust a skinny chef. No, just no. a big, especially a pit master. Yeah, and never trust oh, a skinny yeah. pit master. No. Fuck skinny that pit shit. master. Yeah, I just a I, fat. Just assume. Just um, assume. Assume he's an executioner. <laughs> Give me a big fat fucking eight necked son of a bitch. Yeah, right. that's the dude I trust. <laughs> that, that, Give me a big fat fucking eight necked son of a bitch. The, the Dave, Dave Dragowski story. story. Right. Uh, that's the dude I trust with barbecue. I agree. I love that channel. I'm yeah. so happy I found it. It's one of my favorite YouTube channels. Right. Yeah, you're the one that showed this to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's so worth basically everybody. Recommendation. I can back this up. Everybody should watch out a barbecue. Right, it's yeah. really good, uh, and it's just fucking delicious. Who's next, Chris? Uh, ben. Yeah. Have you any recommendations? I do. Um, this is a weird one, and it might be one that, um, I don't know, depending on how into sushi you are, might have already uh, done this. But uh, not all that long ago, Aubrey and I were at Mizu in Boardman. We were just there last weekend. Awesome. Um, have you ever had eel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And eel sauce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the eel sauce, you know, you got to take a leave. But I, I was, you know, I'm one of those people. I'm not as adventurous as Aubrey is in terms of sushi. She'll eat like I, I she has a story about being at like Disney World or someplace and having like the octopus that's like still moving and like uh -huh. <laughs> just popping that right in her mouth and that's enjoying the, re the reactions of people around her. And I had never tried eel until uh, a couple weeks ago when we really good when we went there. It just melts in your mouth. Really and it, complex too. It's mm -hmm. it, it's a very it's a robust flavor. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very very robust flavor with um, it, it's not even like savory. It's not like salty no. or, or fishy mm -hmm. or anything. It's just a nice solid meaty taste, a little smoky, and it just melts in your mouth. Almost yeah. like portobello. Yeah, you know, really oh, earthy. Really? Yeah, really rich. Yeah, okay, a little more decadent than you know what I mean. Right. Sure, sure. Um, um, it's got to be fattier by its oh, by, yeah. oh, by its nature. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It yeah, it's it's like imagine a seafood brisket, and you've got an idea. Right. Were you under the sea, and did one bite your knee? <laughs> what? No, uh, <laughs> that's 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 amore. That's amore. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> no, um, no. So that was uh, that was when I um. You might remember, uh, I, I think I sent a message to the group about uh, sake and how I hadn't had sake in years and years. Yeah, right. Um, which, yeah, sub-recommendation, have some sake sometimes, some, like, good hot sake that's, yeah. you know, served piping hot. I kind of regret that when Christy and I went for our anniversary dinner, we didn't get any sake, any beer, nothing. No sake. alcohol. Okay. No alcohol. I did a Pepsi, yeah. she did water. We uh, mostly focused on the sushi, which is, you know, fair enough. But share, a, share a little, yeah. one of those ceramic bottles of sake well, you at should least. Have. Yeah. Um, we got some really good sushi so that's you know beside the point but. yeah um so yeah my my recommendation because i 
I gotta be real. I haven't been playing very many new games lately, so I don't have a game to recommend. That's uh, weird. This I know, right? Um, I've I'm I've been playing Yakuza Kiwami, which is you know the uh, the remake of the first uh, Yakuza game. Yeah. Um, but it's functionally not all that different from Yakuza Zero, so I can't like really recommend it unless you like really liked Yakuza Zero like I did, and you want more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a base recommendation; it's kind of a second layer recommendation. Sure. Um, but but it occurred to me that I I tried Eel a couple of weeks ago, and and it's something I'd never done before, and I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was talking to someone at work yesterday about about. Uh, eating eel and you know you know visibly repulsed her yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, which me, is one of the best reasons to eat eel yeah me is to me, alarm people nearby you me and another co-worker <laughs> of mine uh, are, uh we've both been trying to convince uh uh our co-workers to eat sushi outside of their comfort zone like like the woman mm. I was talking to said she'd be comfortable with like, you know, like a salmon sushi mm. because that's a, like a familiar taste and everything. But okay. I'm like, well, you know, why not? You know, why not go further? Why not go for like, you know, the crab and, and you know, uh, uh, fish row on the top and all yeah. that. You know, as someone who had to do that for themselves, I understand that. But like, sure. Yeah. But once you get out there, there's such a world of flavor. If you enjoy cooking, there's such a world of flavors that you should yeah, yeah. Really try and experience. Yeah, and su- and sushi is perfectly safe. Oh which yeah, is, which is remarkable. Like like you know I I when I first tried sushi, I was like twelve. Yeah. And I, I like I could only do a piece or two. And I was like, I, I yeah. can't. But <laughs> no, then, uh, no more dangerous than eating a sunny side up egg. Sure. And then and then possibly less, depending. possibly less, possibly yeah. less. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Especially um, if you order from someone really retro, like like if you go to somewhere like Mizu, like mm-hmm. a good, reputable restaurant, they're going to get the insanely freshest stuff. That they oh, can yeah. Get. Oh, yeah. You know, um, like I would I would trust that before I would trust. A and then um, egg that I didn't know anything about. Hanami over on Raccoon, we're we we go there all the time. Aubrey and I. You guys have um, the like. You guys regularly go over there. Pretty regularly. We went there uh, for our Valentine's Day dinner. Actually, nice. we went to Hanami, um, and uh, yeah, they they always treat you right there, uh, and the sushi's always fucking delicious mm-hmm. as hell. Um, but yeah, it, it like Chris said, it's it's one of those worlds of flavor. Oh hi, dog! <laughs> it's, I, I, I bumped his suit. Just edging in on you. Um, yeah, it's 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 a whole world of flavor that if you've never tried it before, <clears throat> there's nothing to fear from it. Right. Really. Yeah. The only reason I uh, you know if if you've eaten fried calamari, you can uh-huh. you can do octopus sushi. I've never done octopus. I I think it, as a texture yeah. thing, it wouldn't. Actually, I think eel is much easier to eat than eel, calamari. Calamari is, is typically, no matter how well it's done, it's way chewier. Yeah, it's, if if you hard to get through. If you've eaten brisket, you can eat eel. Yeah, right. It's it's a surprisingly easy meat to get used to. Yeah, it's just people think of like the living animal, right? And think of how slithery and slimy it is. And, and fair enough. You know, it's I'd imagine a bit off putting. Yeah. Uh, but but when you get it, it, it just looks like, 
you know, an ordinary smoked fish and then you eat it and it just melts in your mouth and it's so good. We well, you know what's interesting about that. It's like when you think about a fish, when you think about how a fish is prepared, you know, it's cut in half and all of its guts are pulled out and then you're left with just like, yeah, the you meat slice of the, animal. the meat off the side right. of its rib cage. Right. The head comes off, the guts come out. You just, just left with fillets. <laughs> right. With, with an eel. You're left to just picture this big, long tube and then only just cutting it into segments is what you think of in your head. But, of course, they do the same thing with an eel that they would do with sure. any other fish. They cut the they remove the guts of the thing and you, you know, you're left sure. with essentially fillets. Yeah, sure. They but don't e they don't even extend that courtesy to lobster, but we're OK with lobster. You know, they just serve Boy, the thing we? in its fucking carapace <laughs> and you just, you know, you scoop it out with a tiny fork, dip it in butter and eat it. Right. Um. Yeah, seafood, and I guess I guess eating meat in general is is pretty weird, uh, and I, I understand how it can mm -hmm. be a bit off putting if you if you go into it understanding that it's raw. Seafood is it's the space the space of food. It's like crazy alien weird shit, especially when you get into Japanese stuff because then you have sh shit like sea urchin roe. Yeah, urchin, right? Um, urchin I heard sea urchin is really good. I want to try sea urchin it. soup mm. where they serve it to you in um, the sea urchin. Ooh. I heard it's really. I'd good. eat that. Yeah, the uh, sea urchin, sea urchin roe, uh, mm -hmm. sea cucumber is is something cucumber. that sh that shows up in uh, Japanese cuisine. Which, it's not plant life. It's <laughs> sea cucumber is an animal. Will you guys eat um, caviar with me? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind. I've again. I've I've, I've had, eaten roe. I'll eat cucumber. Yeah, I've had uh, roe. I've had tobacco. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not cucumber. Caviar. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna order some caviar. Uh, the next really? big celebration time, yeah, I've never like birthday or something. I'm I, gonna order caviar. I've, I've never had, had caviar just on its own, but again, like like row on top of sushi or tobacco. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Japanese get real crazy with it because I mean, you know, it's a series of islands. You, sure, <laughs> you got to use <laughs> everything got, from the yeah. sea that you can. Yeah. Um, but then you know you've got. You know, Europeans have foie gras and truffles and yeah, foie know. gras is delicious though. I've <laughs> never had foie it's gras. Really, I, it's I, really good. I can dude. kind of imagine how it would taste. It's like butter. It's just it's just like butter. I, I can imagine. Yeah, like like I picture. I imagine something really savory and melty. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, maybe once I have foie gras, I'll, I'll recommend it. It's really I, I do plan on having it one of these days. Uh, truffles too. Uh, Aubrey, Aubrey says um, when she went to visit her her folks in in uh, Italy, her yeah. Italian side of the family, they just will routinely harvest truffles oh. just out of the countryside, and she says they're fucking delicious. Oh, it's incredible! It's I I can't imagine eating. It. It's a fungus that grows in the ground. It's like at first you can't imagine eating it, right? Like yeah. it's it's you know just the the concept of it. But I guess you know really any any food stuff that that you break down into its base you know like you know potatoes are just you know bulbous brown things that grow in the dirt sure. you know of course Fact. of course that sounds unappetizing right um so it's you know it's a matter of kind of expanding your perceptions of what food can be and what food is and and what sounds appetizing to you so on a small scale try eel on a large <laughs> on a large scale uh, you know try try the weird stuff because if someone if there's a culture regularly eating something somewhere in the world there's a reason for it right absolutely mm -hmm. there's a reason they're eating it and it's probably because it's pretty tasty right yeah so anyway that's <laughs> um, I have fair enough I have two recommendations this week they are both war movies uh, those of you who Movish. know me 
uh, will know that uh, my wife and I, for the last eight years at this point, seven or eight years, are <laughs> have valid. been running from the law <laughs> as we are pretending to be a pair of siblings whose parents died in Juneau, Alaska. <laughs> Uh, Jesus. <laughs> um, the uh, the two movies that I'm going to recommend uh, are tradition. I got started off on a tangent. You totally derailed me. Uh, it's okay. War, uh, war movies. Uh, yes. My, my wife and I, for the last several Valentine's Day, since we've been dating, mm-hmm. um, we, we've had this tradition where we will make a big fuck-off steak dinner and watch mm-hmm. war movies for Valentine's Day. What a great tradition. It is mm. easily one of my favorite things about our relationship. That, <laughs> that's, that's how we choose to celebrate the day that like everybody else goes out and, I love you, and I love you too. Right. We, watch, we watch people get fucking ripped to pieces for war movies. <laughs> so the first movie that I'm going to recommend was the movie that we watched this Valentine's Day with our gigantic uh, inch-thick uh, ribeye steaks fucking that we made. A. Um, we watched Hacksaw Ridge, which is a movie that when it came out, I was hmm. not interested at all in seeing. It looked stupid and it sounded stupid. Yeah, I'm, isn't it like a, some Mormon shit? So it's uh, it's the story about uh, Private Desmond Doss, who was a Seventh-day Adventist uh, hmm. during World War II. And this is a true story, which I didn't realize at now the time. Now, they're the ones that believe in Saturday, right? Correct. They believe in Saturday. Uh, Saturday is a day. good day. So Desmond Doss, this is a true story. Desmond Doss, uh, in real life, is the first... Uh, recipient of the Congressional Medal of Honor, who was a conscientious objector, oh, which right, is to right, say right. that he went through basic training in the army and fought the uh, the JAG Corps basically for the right to participate and go through basic training and serve the military without picking up a weapon, mm-hmm. uh, and he did. And was shipped to Okinawa and took place in the Battle of Okinawa, uh, which was, if for those of you history buffs... Pretty uh, challenging place to not pick up a weapon. Uh, right. Uh, nicknamed the Typhoon of Steel. Uh, one of the most uh, bloody battles of the Pacific Theater. Uh, a battle that, if I remember correctly, uh, my Uncle Chuck fought in. No uh, and was one of the few who was very lucky to make it out of alive. Uh, most people did not make it out of the Battle of Okinawa alive. It was a, a bloody horrible battle. The movie's called Hacksaw Ridge because the ridge that you had to climb to make it uh, into Okinawa to get towards the mainland is this gigantic cliff face, kind of like Point du Hoc was in France, where they mm-hmm. had to scale the side of this ridge to make their way up and try and, and uh, you know, take the island, which was basically Okinawa, if I remember correctly, geographically, was the last major defense point before the mainland in Japan. Um so uh, the story's about Desmond Doss goes through his like, you know, how he became interested in in he was a medic. He was a combat medic, how he became interested in the medical field, how he met his wife uh, and then how he went through basic training. And then the last basic uh, basically third of the movie is him going into battle in Okinawa, which is horrible battle. Um, and it's just a lot of people being ripped to shreds, Jesus basically. Um, I'm as, not as opposed to all those pleasant battles throughout history, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, the ones that the are Battle of Mount Bubblegum, Jolly Rock. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, but this this is like a particularly fierce. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything about this movie. If you'd like, you can look it up. But I w- I would suggest you just kind of watch the movie. Um, I don't want to tell you how many people that he, whose lives he saved during the Battle of Okinawa, but I will tell you that it is staggering. And at the end of the movie, when they actually tell you, uh, Private Doss lived, spoiler alert, uh, incidentally, <laughs> through the Battle of Okinawa. But the amount of human life that he saved during that battle 
is insane. It, really? It, it's a it's hmm. a number that you would you'll look uh, at it and go, oh my god! The people that he dragged out of that zone and then dropped over the face of the cliff with a harness to the to his awaiting uh, battalion underneath mm. uh, is insane. And not just Americans, but Japanese soldiers as well. Like he dropped just in the for the really? sake of saving life. Yeah, just for the sake of like. Saving Human Life. It is a an incredible story. Um, it, it's it's directed by Mel Gibson, uh, who actually has a really good track record of directing great movies. Um, yes, there's some and silly hating Jews, hating um, Jews. There's some really s- great track record of not liking Jews. There's some silly Hollywood stuff in this movie, but I think sure. it's forgivable for the fact that the performances that are that are, are uh, delivered. Uh, Vince Vaughn's in this movie as. Uh, Oh, really? His sergeant. As a Japanese, <laughs> no. Um, Vince Vaughn. The performances are good. anything. <laughs> it's really well written. You should watch it. And uh, maybe don't spoil it for yourself how many people that he actually uh, pulled out of hellfire and saved. Wow. Uh, it's really amazing and really moving. 69. And re- <laughs> nice. 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 Um, <laughs> the next movie that I want to recommend is another war movie that we saw uh, yesterday. Which Get it, part, it's the sex number. Part of the reason I'm broke, because I spent money at the movie theater to go see this movie. 19 fucking 17. 17. Purely because everybody who has seen it has told me that I need to go watch it in the theater before I watch it. It's exactly one better than 1916. (laughs) (laughs) So where'd you see it? I saw it at Tinseltown with the good reclining seats in Ah, Boardman. It's still there. You can still... Yeah, I would recommend it. If you're going to go watch it, you should go see it in the theater. It's I don't think it will take a ton away if you watch it at home, but it will do enough for you that it is worth paying the money to go see it in a theater. Whether you see that in a full theater or a dollar theater, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> um, so is Tinseltown Regal? It's not, is it? No. Uh, Cinemark. 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 Uh, okay. Yeah, right. So 1917 is the story about uh, two uh, two soldiers in the uh, British military who are put on an assignment to uh, cross basically uh, uh, German occupied France and deliver de- deliver a message to uh, uh, a battalion commander uh, that they need to stop an attack. The Germans have withdrawn their line and moved back several miles. Okay, and rebuilt their line, and uh, so it's an opportune time for this commander thinks that it's done because they're retreating. What it is is they're setting him into a trap. Oh, so these no. two soldiers were selected to go deliver this message uh, to this commander um, who is played by Benedict Cumberbatch and is in the movie for two minutes and is fucking just steals the show. Kind of much <laughs> the same way that Brando steals the show in Apocalypse Now. Right. Sure. Um, there for five minutes to co- completely own, own the, the fucking book movie. movie. <laughs> right. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is in the movie for two minutes. Matthew McConaughey and Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> right. So uh, it, it's it's about these two guys who are sent to deliver this message. And the movie is done in a lot of the the style is starting to gain some traction, which I really like. Uh, it's done in the, the style of one continuous shot. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So and, and one of the things I love to do during these movies is to find where they look, put the camera look, cuts look for the in. Cut. Look for the cuts. So I would like I probably annoyed the shit out of my if I would lean over to her and I'd go cut. Whenever I could tell right. that there was a camera cut there. And then, of course, she leans back and goes, shut the fuck shut up. The fuck up. Try right. to enjoy this movie. Um, <laughs> I'll cut you. Uh, it is. Uh, there's not a. Uh, it, I think it w- did win for best cinematography at the Oscars, which is not the best determiner of what m- makes movies good. Stop. Get that out of your head, people. 
Uh, but it is very well yeah. deserving of best photography. It was uh, the Oscars is the best measure of how big your army is of mm, convincing people to sure. vote for your thing. Sure. But I would popularity contest beginning and end of it. But I would argue that for a visual artistic medium, best cinematography is a pretty goddamn big deal. It is a pretty big deal. And and I, one of the ones that they typically get pretty well right. Um, this movie is re, is gorgeous to look at. I think I sent to you guys from the first shot of this movie to the very last shot of this movie. It is a joy to look at. Uh, it is impeccably shot. Uh, done very, very well. And it features a day for night shot and maybe the only day for night shot in any movie that I've ever seen that is done well and done to great effect. Mm. The the only one? The only one. I fucking hate day are, for night shots. Are you including... Hold on a minute. Are you including like... Uh like uh, Hitch, Hitch, Hitchcock, classic Hitchcock. Are you including some of those day for nights? Like the one in no, Vertigo? I don't know if I am. No. Oh, okay. There's a, there's a great day for night in Vertigo. Where they, you, now, yeah. when you say day for night, are you talking about like a scene that's shot in the daytime, but you slap a blue filter over Correct. it that yeah, make it right. look like night? Okay. So there's a scene in this movie. Shooting in the day made to look like it's at night. Without spoiling gotcha. anything, there's a scene in this movie where there's uh, the they're, they're escaping, basically, right? Yeah. There's an escape sequence, and the camera has what is very clearly a 90% blue light filter over top sure. of the lens. Yeah. and But it's taking place during a, a moment where the sun is rising. So sure. as this escape is happening, you see the saturation start to lighten a little bit, and then mm -hmm. you see at certain points where they change the filter on the lens. Ew. And it slowly starts to lighten its way up to the point where it's just daybreak. But Okay, uh, so here's the real question. How do you do that in a continuous shot? How do you change the filter? So the thing that I can think of, because the the, the way the scene is shot, you can't pick direct camera shots out of it necessarily. Okay. Uh, it has to be compositing. It has oh, to so be... Yeah. Sure. Right, there's a camera right next to the other Shot one. in sequence, and, and it's done in composite. Sure. That's the yeah. only way that I can think of that they could have done it. I but it agree. is, And it comes out to great effect, and it's really, really cool when it I, happens. I want to bring over one of these days... Um, or, uh, well, no, we probably don't have time tonight. Um, I want to bring over that movie Russian Ark, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was the first movie to do single shot, a continuous. It's a single 90 minute shot going through. Uh, it's it's a journey through time and the Russian identity. Yeah. Uh, all taking place in the State Hermitage Museum of St. Petersburg. I'm super interested in watching which, which used to be the Tsar's Winter Palace. And they explore. It you can't know, have been the very first to do that, right? It, if it wasn't the very first, it was one of one the of first. The first yeah, because um, that's a that's a really a more recent kind of thing. It's mm, not. Yeah, and this was made in like the late nineties. Yeah, yeah, but so, I feel like uh, I feel like I remember hearing. Well, it doesn't matter. I'll look it up later. Um, but I feel like I remember hearing that this technique had its genesis in like the sixties and seventies. France, oh, I would that think would be. A, oh, yeah, yeah possibly. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it's um, we should watch it sometime. I'm, I'm curious. I want to see am, that. I am super interested in watching well, that movie. Yeah. You should probably mention the most interesting part of the whole thing, which is where they shot it and how they got it. Right. So they so it's the State Hermitage Museum in St. Petersburg, which used to be uh, the Winter Palace of the Czars. Yeah. Um, the thing is, they would they only gave the filmmakers uh, is either 24 or 48 hours to film uh, to to use it because it's you know, it's a full time museum. You know, right. Um, and uh, they managed to knock this entire thing out in three takes. Wow. Um, That's impeccable. The, the, For like a two or two and a half hour movie? Or no, whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, well, it's like it's like 
an hour and a half, hour 45. Sure. Um, That's impressive. But uh, yeah, it's like one take, uh, someone tripped over gaffing wire. Right. Uh, Another take, someone missed their cue to come on Mm -hmm. or forgot their line or something. And then the third take. They nailed it. They just, they nailed it. It was like just in the nick of time. too. Uh, My old gaffer. (laughs) They had like. Done tripping him up, my old gaffer. (laughs) Mm. So I feel like I can't bring this up without bringing up Birdman because I know technically how difficult Birdman was to f- to film yeah. because there are shots in that movie that take, I think, upwards of 20 minutes in, of continuous sequence. Oh, yeah. Mm. That there, whole movie is not one continuous shot. No. But many scenes it's heavily are 20, edited. 20 to 30 you, minutes of. Yeah there, yeah, there were certain takes in that movie that were very long, and I right. know that those took more than three takes to, to get <laughs> yeah. correct. It's not easy to do. It's that. very hard to do that. Right. I bring up Birdman only to bring up that in that movie. Uh, which I love. I love Birdman. I think it was a really good movie. Um, That film, the camera movement is very, very loose and kind of lucid and moves with the characters. Yeah, dreamy, floaty. Very dreamy, very floaty. In this movie, uh, which is done to be filmed in that single continuous take style, the camera movement is very precise and very direct. Like herky-jerky? Not herky jerky, but just like move to here and hard stop. No, it's 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 very flowy, but it's done with purpose. Whereas in Birdman, I feel like the cameraman was kind of moving with the actors as the scene progressed and and was kind of doing a lot on the fly. Right, this like movie the camera done, doesn't seem to land anywhere on purpose. Yeah. it just mm. goes. This movie is quite the opposite. It feels very direct and very. Like when the camera stops, you know it was meant to come here and stay here. Yes, for a exactly. So I feel like there was a lot of of coordination that took place for this movie. Um, it is. I I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I think it's very close. Uh, it's a joy to watch. It, uh, if you if you're a big fan of of um, cinematography and how camera movement and camera filtration affects a scene, mm-hmm. um, it is uh, a very very. Uh, it's done almost in the style of a character study, where you're following these two characters for a long period of time through trenches, through no man's land, mm-hmm. through German occupied territory. It's very tense at times. It's it's uh, you know, it's a war movie, so it's going to be sad. It's very, very sad and very depressing at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think te- uh, technically speaking, from a technical standpoint, it's one of the best technically produced movies I've ever watched. It's very mm-hmm. good uh, and it's worth a watch. So I think if you have the chance, you should go see it in the theaters, whether you see it now for full price or in a couple weeks, I'm assuming at the dollar theater price. It is worth it. It is done very well. It's a very good movie. Um, yeah, I got to see that in theaters. You should. You I should. Have to. It's very, very good. It's very well done. 1917. Um, 1917. Awesome. Um, all right. Gentlemen, have we learned anything? Yep. I learned that drug must be stopped. Me True. too. I wrote, uh, we have drug. to stop drug at all costs. Stop drug. <laughs> 2020. Uh, I learned that Phil Kessel's hot dog eating ass is worth some money if you have his card. (laughs) That's right. I learned uh, that uh, Antonio, one of my coworkers, is irresistible to unsuspecting customers. I learned that oh, I need Donnie. to listen to some more Talking Heads, apparently. Yeah, dude. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> you, guys, you guys know these songs, I don't. I learned that Marie Curie talks like Mr. Freeze. <laughs> I learned that Marie In my Cur- head, apparently. I learned that Marie Curie sounds a lot like Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird lesson. Yeah. Right? Uh, I wrote uh, the German, all German Pokemon were Nazis. <laughs> oh, yeah. All German Pokemon. Yep. Uh, Thunderbolt. M- mein Pikachu. Um, I learned that, uh, 
<laughs> what the fuck? The, the Black Lotus card in its first edition is worth two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, like, you know what? The dollars. last one sold for one sixty six. I over. I over. That is. That's still. If any of them sold for this money, much, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. That is only half as much debt as Dark Side Phil is in. <laughs> oh my god, that's so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> half a million dollars. That's, that's insane. How much? How, how hard do you have to fuck up your personal finances where you're five hundred thousand in debt? One hundred thirty thousand of that is from fourteen different credit card debts. Oof. Wait, okay. what? So I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm in wait, credit how, card debt, but I'm not in anywhere near wait, that much. Credit how card many? Fourteen different credit cards for a total of one hundred thirty thousand dollars of that five hundred thousand dollar debt oh is, is what I read. Okay, yeah. wow, that's upsetting. <laughs> uh, I learned that you Poor should bastard. you should eat a lobster because it is the king of alien meat. Yes. Oh yeah. I wrote that Guy Lafleur is a disco god. Yeah, we got to listen to <laughs> Guy Lafleur. We got. I got to put a song on for you guys. Guy Ladouche. <laughs> I learned that we will, <laughs> we will never know how many died at the Battle of Mount Bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> that's a I reason why. Uh, yeah. Have we anything else, gentlemen? I think it's time to wrap this one up. We're, yeah, gotta, uh, we're right at it. I gotta, I gotta let the pee fall out. You gotta make, do it. Make the pee fall out. Uh, so we will be back next week with maybe a guest or maybe Ben hosting or maybe not <laughs> next week even. <laughs> or maybe, we, maybe we'll never be back. <laughs> maybe we'll never be back. Maybe we will know. all fall off of a cliff um, and die. But in <laughs> any case, we will be back with possibly a guest next week. If not, it will be Ben. This has been... I think since the first season, the first time we've started without uh, a guest in the first four episodes. This has just been us enjoying oh, each other's yeah. company. Yeah, so. gosh, I wonder what that means. Uh, it, it means, means we hate us. Maybe getting, nobody wants to hang out anymore. No, yeah. we're getting back to our roots, dude. <laughs> sure. Let's, uh, let's call it that. Thanks for listening. I got to pee. All, All right. right. <laughs> uh, good night. Bye, everybody. Good night.